Hey guys, welcome back to the uh, Reader Podcast. We've got Eric Hart and me together. We're going a little late today because Eric was way late at work. It's actually like 11.30. Yeah. We're starting a bit late, but you know, we're night owl. We still got it. We, we can got the energy. It. I got I mean, coffee. Coffee at 11.30 p.m. What can happen? I got I got some booze, so I think we're rocking and rolling. Um, so, you know, a lot of stuff's happened uh, since last time we podcasted. Mostly uh, France got terrorized. Yeah, that was... When was that now? Was it was that last a, week, last Friday. Last Friday. Did you talk about that last week? No, because we didn't no podcast. We didn't podcast last week. So okay. this is it the first time. This is our, our first chat. I feel like we're late. I feel like it would be a week late when this comes out. Well, people want to hear. Well, it'll friends. come out, you know, it'll come out on Monday. And but I mean, yeah, we're not breaking news by any no, means. No, but no. you get breaking news from the news. You get insight from the Green Day podcast. There you go. So yeah, uh, that's too bad about France. France and um, Lebanon. See now, there a lot of there's a lot of terrorist attacks that happen, and we don't know about all of, a lot of them. Yeah. Whose fault is that? You know, it's all media's fault a bit. It's our fault for not caring a bit. Well, so let's talk about the whole issue with people and so you know the France, the support for France, prayers for France, all this stuff, and then okay. people, you know, people that read maybe BBC or some other world, you know, journals go, hey. There was another, there was a bombing that killed 60 people like, you know, a day before or something in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you guys, you know, why aren't you guys saying anything about that? You know, and I think that argument comes from a place that I think it's a bit unfair. And I, and I think of it this way because France is part of the West and I don't see Lebanon as necessarily being part of the West. I think we have the connections mm-hmm. to France. We have the history with France. We have... They're, they're, France is a big ally of ours, right? So I think when we hear about France and we don't hear about Lebanon, it's not because the mainstream media, you know, doesn't want to sell you papers because they don't think you'll you'll care about Lebanon, which might be slightly true. Mm-hmm. But I think it's just more of our relationships in the world. It's you know, yeah, it's bigger news. You know, when yeah, there are friends. France is like your, you know, it's like our brother-in-law, right? And then somebody's coming in going like, well, my coworker also got mugged last week. You know, yeah, why don't you like, care about your coworker? You know, it's like, well, it's like, I do no, care, but we are sympathetic to that. But I think it's just become it comes down to our relationship more than anything else. I think that's kind of a that was kind of a gotcha criticism, but it's right that we should you know be we aware should, of more of those. Right, things, you know, we but. should. But you know, there's terrorist attacks all the time, somewhere. Mm-hmm. I bet daily there's a terrorist attack somewhere. You know, in the Middle East especially, just oh, yeah. all the time. That's what the refugees are trying to escape from is constant terrorist attacks. We don't hear about all of them because we're desensitized. If you hear about, you know, Beirut terrorist attack, what are you doing? Why are you making phone noises? I'm trying to turn the thing off. Jeez. Come on. You interrupt me in the middle of a fucking pontification? You know, it's been a couple weeks. I'm rusty. <laughs> you know, like, uh, so you hear about Beirut bombings and stuff and you're like, okay, another one? Mm-hmm. Kind of like, it's kind of like I'm getting desensitized to police killing people in the streets. Right. I mean, eventually it's just like, okay, how many stories can we have? You yeah. know, and they keep on happening. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, one of our, you know, uh, let me put in quotes, a good country you know, one of us. Yeah. You know, it's all of a sudden, one of us is getting terrorized, and that's that's bigger news. It makes sense. You know, and then you got all these people who are. Uh, so this is this segues perfectly into my one of my topics, which is uh, on Facebook. I've been very active on Facebook lately, uh, fighting with people yeah, mostly. Yeah. You've been yeah, you've been throwing down left and right. I know. I've been I've been it's like a hobby of mine now is just Facebook fighting. But you've, you've been taking advantage of the the public setting on people's posts. I think where when so I've seen some other people doing the same, but. 
you know, if you if somebody posts something that's public and then your buddy likes it or your buddy you get comments on it, it yeah. you can get in on it. Yep. You don't even know the original poster, and there you are, you know, stirring it up. And so, yeah, maybe they'll learn your name, Alex Krasny. Don't you know? They don't let this fear kid, me. yeah, don't fear let this me. kid come around. Uh, but so, okay, so on Facebook, if you're not on Facebook, uh, you'll see everybody has this uh, French flag overlay over their photo to show support for France. Something that Facebook lets you do, if, you know, is just click this button and you get it. Uh, and you know. I'm not doing it because I, it's kind of like whatever, but people are doing it and that's fine. It just shows like, well, here's what people don't get. People who are, they hate it. They hate this thing and they yeah. make fun of people and they shame people for using it. They think it's like hashtag activism, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and I guess maybe sometimes it might be, mm -hmm. but a lot of the times, here's what it is. It's you saying, hey, France, sorry about your loss. That's too bad. I'm thinking about you. That's what it's saying. And I almost, I almost disagree slightly with that, that analysis. What do you mean? I don't think it, you know, I don't think anyone expects France or anybody French to see it or to care. I think it's really more of a personal. Um, I think it's for ourselves, you know. Sure, I mean, and, no. I, and I think that's where it has a benefit, and I think that is a benefit to have, you know, I feel bad, and I want, you know, and you feel somewhat connected. You're not a French person, that's fine, you know. You don't, you're not trying to take advantage and say, oh, uh, I want to feel like a victim too, and I want to be, you know. I want to be with France and stuff. No, I think it's just more like, you know, uh, I, I feel good, no, you know, just doing a, some sort of gesture. It's not, you're not sending flowers to a funeral, but at the same time, um, you're doing a gesture, I think, that makes you feel that that you're participating, you know, in, in, in that sense where it's not something to for other people to see. I really don't think it's something to that people are bragging about. or You know what I mean? Or I want my friends to see that I support France. I don't think it's that. I think it's a... You know, it, I mean, usually I would say it's not. I, I look at it like, you know, if your uncle dies in a car accident, I say, you know what, I'm really sorry about your uncle. Mm -hmm. I'll think about him. It's, it's like, like too. I'm not making a difference. Mm -hmm. I don't. Nobody really cares that I feel sorry for your uncle, but mm -hmm. it makes me feel like I'm acknowledging that something bad happened, and I'm telling you that I'm sorry about it. That's kind of what I see it as. In a way, you could do that to a country. Mm -hmm. You know, that's how I see it. It, it's not intended to make a make a make anything happen or incite change, right. but it's just like yeah. And as a matter of fact, in in this, so this is what me I'm pointing at, which I'll link to this. I'm going to talk about in a second. But the the equal rights uh, overlay, mm -hmm. remember that one was like a red one with an equal sign yep. that was around a couple the, years that ago. That was the marriage, yeah, marriage. Equality. I had no idea what was going on. Okay, I was like, what the fuck is going on? And then sure. all of a sudden, Facebook got flooded by these things, and finally, I asked somebody who had one, why do you have this overlay? What's mm -hmm. going on? And they mm -hmm. told me about it. So. Mm -hmm. I mean, in the case of France, I knew about it, you know, pretty quickly. Yeah. But in some cases, maybe somebody didn't know about it. Maybe they don't have TV or they don't watch. They don't. They weren't on Twitter and they mm -hmm. don't know what happened. It's actually a pretty good uh, activism of spreading awareness. It did spread awareness. Now you knew about the movement as it was. You didn't know about this overlay, but right. It is. Good. There are going to be people that that will, be, you know, they'll inquire about it. Yeah. And partially, Sorry. probably, because they want to. get If it's cool, they want to get in on it. And yeah. Kind of and go, what good, are you doing that for? A, what don't I know about that's cool right now? And yeah. Then, that's a good reason. You that's know, a fine a, reason to do it, yeah, I think. So. Not everything, I don't think, has to be a, a thesis. You know, and everything has to be a, a, a complete argument where I support this for all these reasons. Sometimes you just do stuff like that, and sometimes popularity just... And then what the, 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 so, you know, you do it, and then these fucking guys come out, or, or, or ladies, and they shame people for doing it. Mm. And they post these anti-memes. I'm like, mm. I painted my face French, so I did my part. It's like, nobody's saying that. And fuck you for shaming people right. for doing that. Like, yeah. fuck you. Like, there's, some, there, there's people who are, you know lost their families and shit and then people are like I, I support France and they're posting French photos and then you're a fucking asshole going fuck you for posting French photos mm -hmm. fuck you and that's where I say and that's where I say it's it's something that I think it's personal to people where they're not doing it for 
for other people. They're doing it, I think, for themselves. You I mean, know, I think just, to, you just like, you know, if you go, you know, this might be a, a slight stretch, but, you know, you go to a, say you participate in a protest or a demonstration, right? Okay. You, your presence is there, but you're not, you know, sitting there taking selfies. You're not, you don't want all your friends to see that you're there. You don't necessarily, like, have to be interacting, but it is basically, like, you're participating in that. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And so I it's do, not, it's I, not a, I don't think it's a show. Some people, maybe it's a show. You know, oh, look at me. I think it's I a little I disingenuous to say it isn't for others when it's on Facebook and the whole point of it mm-hmm. is to present to others something. Mm-hmm. You know, like it, it is, I would say that it's, it's only for others. You're sitting there making a conscious choice to go, I'm going to change mm-hmm. my, my face to a French overlay so everybody knows that I care about France. You know, I think that's, there is definitely that. Otherwise, you wouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's for yourself, you mourn in, in peace. You know, you don't like put it out in public in Facebook. But it's it's a I think it's a collective. You know, it, it, not everything has to be personal and private. Sometimes you're just you're saying we're all you know I'm, I'm yeah. taking part solidarity. In, you're yeah. holding hands with people who care. Yeah. You, you but can identify others who. But you're not doing it because you want some guy to log in from France and say, oh. Alex Krasny's got an over. You know, it's not about. I don't think it's about showing no. anybody. I, I mean, France is. Yeah, France. Nobody. Nobody's under the impression that France cares. Yeah. No one's under the impression that ISIS is scared. It's like back in the day when you wear a yellow ribbon. You know, when you put, remember people would pin ribbons if there's a missing child, or if there was a car accident or, or something. The, yeah, people would. You know, they just you would all kind of put something up that shows that you know this is on my mind, mm-hmm. and we're all kind of concerned about this and right that's, now. And that's fine. And that's the I think that's the modern version of like those old you know the ribbons or the AIDS ribbon you know on Seinfeld or, or something else. But I remember these do that all the time. The yellow ribbons, Jacob Wetterling, all the different missing kids. There was always. I remember, was a huge but I believe thing. you. There was a you know a meme this meme right here, where it says uh, in quotes the I'm clueless yet I pretend to care starter pack. I like the starter pack memes. I really I really enjoy them. That one is um, this is the worst. That's not very. Mm. And on it are four overlays: the French overlay, yep. the LGBT overlay, rainbow, the rainbow, the rainbow overlay, the equal rights, uh, free equal marriage equality overlay, mm-hmm. and the Confederate flag the Confederate overlay. Because that that happened too. That was a thing. And right? I was like, I mean, the the fact that the Confederate flag overlay yeah. is is involved in this. Okay, but tell me this: How is the French flag? How is that overlay clueless? How? What do you? You have no idea what was actually happening in Germany? Like, what, yeah, what's you clueless have, You're about? clueless about... Oh, I have no idea that there was a terrorist You're thing? clueless no, about marriage yeah. equality. Like, yeah. you have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, but you have what, the overlay, though. Like, yeah. what the fuck? What is it even saying? Yeah. It's such bullshit. I think it's just... I think it's... You know, I'm really trying to call out the people that just do it to do it. And I, I don't think there's that many. Most people... Yeah, that's not most people. That, yeah. I think and you're most people know. Else. Yeah, most people have a great idea about what they're... So, fuck you assholes who are <laughs> anti-people who are showing sympathy for brands. <laughs> that's the internet, though, huh? So we get to deal with every week. Yep. So let me talk about another Facebook meme that uh, pissed me off today. Okay. It's real. It's it's my. It's it's uh kind of barely related to the French thing, but it's about politics. Uh, this is uh Alex Durant, this fuckface who uh, I, me and him fight constantly, like very constantly. Okay. His but he's, he's well. shared a photo now. When I'm looking at this here, this is another one. This is like one of the forwarded email type of things that you see. I really would love to see who, who these people are that write these things. That's my aside yeah, before we get into this because I'll, I'll read it here though. So here's it's a uh, it, it's posted from the Facebook group Veteran Against ISIS. Cool face. I've seen you know I've seen a lot of stupid face. Facebook group names. I think you can like you can make a page with any name. Somebody liked something a couple of weeks ago that was like um, sarcasm, and then it said noun, and then it like gave the definitions of sarcasm, and that was the entire group name. It was like a it was like a full definition, 
as a as a page name sure. because they shared some stupid meme from it. Yeah, I don't know where these things come from, but I thought that was the dumbest group name I've ever seen. <laughs> like it, it wrote out the whole the whole page title had the definition for sarcasm in it. It was just well, it was I, was ridiculous. I don't know. It wasn't it was even related to sarcasm. It's just so these groups are so dumb. That's another. All right. Aside. Anyway, so, I'm reading we'll it right now. I'm reading it. For those who have to deal with idiots who don't believe in retaliation against ISIS. One, engage in conversation and ask if military force is appropriate. When he says no, ask why not. Wait until he says something to the effect of using violence against violence doesn't solve anything. When he's in mid-sentence, punch him in the face as hard as you can. When he gets back up to punch you, point out that it would be a mistake, contrary to his values, to strike you. Because that would be awful, and he should not cause more violence. Wait until he agrees, and he has pledged not to commit additional violence. Punch him in the face again, harder this time. Repeat steps 5 through 7, which is uh, let him get back up and punch him again. Until he understands that sometimes it is necessary to punch back. Checkmate. Oh, there's a checkmate period. at the end of this one. Checkmate period. I feel like when you're saying checkmate, you don't actually need the period. You know? The checkmate is strong enough without the period behind it. Right. Well, so sorry, here's the thing. Sorry, dog, dog problems. You always have dog problems. <laughs> we need a new studio. Let's get a Kickstarter going for a dog free Yeah, kicks, Patreon, uh, we need a new studio. Soundproof booth. Um, okay, so... What do you want to say? Do you, I don't know. What do you want to say? Well, here's what I want to say. This is... Okay. This is just like what do you call it? It's like a fa- it's like a fantasy. It's like a wet it's like a wet dream for people that like to like stick it to people. It's just it's, and it's, everyone knows somebody that like, the, likes to stick. The it to argument people. this is making is that <clears throat> there are people who think violence isn't the answer, and right. this is calling those people stupid because of this r- ridiculous example. <clears throat> now, I guess if is if me and you were having a disagreement mm-hmm. and I kill you, right? Violence has solved that disagreement. Yes, yeah, true. Essentially, that I won, sure. and you don't get to argue anymore. So yeah, violence does. Violence essentially can solve anything. Right. However, me punching Eric in the face is very, very different from us taking out ISIS. Mm-hmm. This is the thing with terrorism. Is like okay, well, first off, who's against taking out ISIS? Well, and. I just don't, I mean, I, I guess there's people that could argue that we shouldn't, you know, there's people that would say we shouldn't commit ground troops because then we'll just get stuck in a war. It's, it's not the right tactic. I mean, this is creating, one, what's, what's your uh, fallacy here where they're just creating an argument? Was it a straw man? Not even a straw man. What is it? Well, I don't know what this Begging is. Begging the question or uh, something? This I don't is, This is, I, you this know is just so fucked. This analogy means, I mean, the argument <clears throat> is we should definitely attack ISIS. And the support is this fucking ridiculous mm-hmm. anecdote, which is bullshit. So let's discuss it. You know, the thing about terrorism is it's hard to fight against. You know, if we could just beat ISIS, we'd beat ISIS. Yeah. We're much more powerful than ISIS. But you can't because, like, who do you bomb? Who do you go get? All the Muslims? Yeah. The entire Middle East? Yeah. You just attack Iraq? And then we go and we just start bombing what we can, what we think is ISIS. Oh, we think ISIS is there. Bomb it with our drones. Then we kill a bunch of Iraqis on accident. Then Iraq's like, yo, America, you're just bombing our people. Stop. Mm-hmm. We're like, oh no, we thought it was ISIS. And like, well, it wasn't. It was a bunch of fucking kids. Yeah. And then we're the fucking terrorists over there. You know, like, you can't, you can't just get ISIS. So anybody who's saying we shouldn't take action... I mean, be specific. You know, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, and that's... Full invasion of the Middle East? That's what I see with a lot of uh, equivalent mindsets here with these. Is like, everything is just simple as, 
Well, you just just like almost kind of when Donald we talk about Donald Trump sometimes. You know, I, I would make China make deals with me. I would just make them do it. You know, I'd tell them <laughs> here's the deal. About and it. that's just and there's some of that too with like, well, why don't we just go bomb them or why don't we? You know, there's all this very I don't know elementary level thought here where it's just. Oh, it's easy. You just easy. you fight them. You just throw a nuke in the Middle East and it's solved. Yeah, and any time that maybe you come in with a an argument of well, that's not going to work because well, then they kind of look at it as you you just are don't opposed. Want to do yeah, you you're don't opposed want to, to whatever their simple. You don't want to stop ISIS. Is. So it's not the the depth of thought and some of those just it, it's so shallow. But it's surprising. It's surprising to see how many people kind of share those those sentiments and really don't explore. They any, can't. Any their brains the are too small. They can't. They can't get there. I couldn't tell you what the answer is for that. You know, uh, like... It, I've it, thought about it a lot. I say, why Why is it that I can't get through to people? You ever bang your head against the wall? You've, you've argued with a lot of people. Oh, my God. Facebook. Are you kidding me? You know, where it's just kind of like... What was it? I, I saw... Did, maybe you posted it the other day. I saw a picture where it was just... You know, you get so upset at when somebody just can't understand the simple concept that you're trying to lay out for them. They just, just, they just cannot grasp it, no matter how you explain it. And... Uh, it's, well, it's one thing. It's one thing to have two sides and say, "There's my side. Here's your side," and then you can say, "I understand what you're saying, but I disagree." And there's people out there that like you can't even comprehend each other's side, and so you can't even disagree yeah, with it. Somehow. I would say it's I'm pretty. So I'm pretty good at seeing things from both sides. I do my best, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just a lot of times when I fight on Facebook, it's it's for for the benefit of others. You know, like, mm-hmm. I, I hope that other people are reading what I'm fighting about yeah, with this person. Because I'm not going to convince this fucking idiot. Yeah. I'm fighting with him only to express my points in a way that other people go, yep, that's the accurate way to look at it. And this guy's a fucking idiot. And to be honest, I feel like, to, to kind of go back to Malone and how he hates Facebook, because he hates seeing all that stuff. He just hates seeing them arguing back and forth and people banging their heads on the wall. That's something where, like, your rants and your blogs might be the best place where you just kind of – you just put it out there and then people can see the one side. They don't have to – I mean, I'd get a headache reading a lot of the responses. The thing is – the thing is, like, my blog, only my – people who like me and like what I say read it. Like, this guy is not going to my blog, mm-hmm. you know. Th- this is a good way to reach people who are his friends because he's got a circle of friends just like us who are just as fucking stupid – who just circle jerk each other about how we need to go nuke the Middle East. Mm-hmm. And they never think twice about it, except for, you know, they glad hand each other and give each other fucking hand jobs watching, you know, military movements. But now when I when I have a fight with him and they see that, maybe they'll maybe. get a glint of like what it actually looks like to see it from a different point of view. You know, just a fucking one little fucking glint of it, you know? How about uh how about those refugees though, huh? Yeah, man. Let's Everybody talk about, wants to. Let's talk about. You wow, know, I, I just, saw. I mean, we'll start this for sure. But let me talk about the the funniest meme I've seen anybody share. Okay. That confused the fuck out of me. It like made my head spin. Now I had to look at it for such a long time. It showed an American colonial and a Native American. Oh, sure, I've seen this. This was a popular one. Yeah. Yeah, and the Native American, and they're both like, I, I don't know who's giving who what, but they both have their hands on a turkey. You know, like a cooked turkey, mm-hmm. like Thanksgiving stuff time. And uh, shit, fuck, man. Okay, start talking. I'm gonna try to find it. I wasn't it, wasn't it? What if? What if they turn out to be like religious fanatics or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't let them in. What if be... they turn out to be religious fanatics? That'll you know whatever. Yeah. And I'm like, is this an argument that I I couldn't get? I didn't get what it was saying. It was being. It was being shared ironically by people who are apparently that I saw were in support. They were making fun of the people that don't want Syrian immigrants here because they're kind of saying, you know, it was really weird because they said they were saying it like, 
like we did the same like you know we were dangerous too we got let in the country but then i thought of later like i thought well that's an argument against then we shouldn't let them in yeah because they could attack us like because the argument is like i just well, don't let them in because remember when they let us in we yeah, fucking we, killed we them all and them gave all. them gave yeah. them biological diseases yeah that was one where i just at first you're like huh that's that's funny and then or that's ironic. You're like, wait, wait and then later, you're like, wait, wait a minute. minute. <laughs> we shouldn't let them in at all because they let us in. Yeah. We fucking tossed their country. I'm sure a couple of Syrians will take over America. Man, that's yeah, fucking that's crazy. Just... That that meme though. I was like, I kept looking at it. I'm like, yeah. is this saying is this saying we were once refugees too, and they gave yeah. us a chance? Yeah, that was it. Or are you saying? But then we got right. Last time this country accepted refugees, they, the refugees took it over. <laughs> like what? But anyway, go go ahead talk about it. Okay, so. I think, you know, I, I always kind of assume that most of your, like, listenership doesn't need a, to be rehashed on some of these big things that have been happening. I mean, this is front page news. Yeah. Well, all well, these governors that, you know, and even mayors and all these people that really just want to, oh, I'll instruct my government to, my civic leaders to, to suspend all support for any refugees from Syria and all this stuff. I mean, the big thing for me, and maybe I'll get right to it, is that what I'm most concerned about is like, how would you feel if you work for the Department of Homeland Security or anybody that's in charge of weeding out terrorists, make sure they don't think about Border Patrol, think of all those guys. So like we have constantly have immigrants coming to this country, constantly have refugees that apply from different locations and everything, right? Sure. They all get screened, do they not? What do they just let? They just go, oh, come on yeah. in, guys. Yeah, it's right? not like there's a, they don't just boat up. Okay. And so in. for a long time, up until uh, maybe like the, if you want to call the Boston Marathon bombings and, you know, Islamic terrorism, you know, George Bush or the you know, GOP for a while, they're all saying after 9-11, we haven't had another attack. Like our, you know, our policies have been so good that we prevented another attack on U.S. soil. You know, basically they're maybe, maybe they might do bombs out in Iraq and Baghdad, like try to do suicide vests and stuff at checkpoints and things. But in, on American soil, we haven't had another attack. And then they tout that as that we're strong on national defense. Okay, so they tout that and they tout that. And now what happens? These people, they go, oh, some Syrian refugees. What if terrorists sneak in with them? And I just wonder, you don't think, like, you don't think we got people that that's their job? Like, that's their whole career. Be and so that's been their career since 9-11 is anybody coming to this country, mm -hmm. they go, we're going to make sure uh, Al-Qaeda, we're going to make sure all these guys don't right. come through. You think they don't know what they're doing? I, to me, it would be so insulting if you work for a Department of Homeland Security and all of a sudden people said, sure, yeah. people come out and start saying this like you're incompetent. Like we have no way to stop these people. Yeah. That we have no pe way to figure out if these people are terrorists And, and or not. if I was a terrorist and I wanted to sneak in, I would not sneak in that way. Because no. how obvious would it be to check those guys? You know what I mean? I would sneak in as like a like a, like a French citizen. I just, you yeah, know, I, 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 I mean, to me, that's just the thing where you're kind of like, people just don't even, they don't think about it. It's just this, it's so, it's just kind of jingoistic. Well, their, their thing is, th these people's thing is, if I take zero risk, that's better than taking any amount of risk. Let me talk about better safe than sorry for okay. a second. Talk because about it. I hate... This is one of my biggest pet peeves lately is better better safe than sorry. Sure. Okay. Let me ask you a question. If you're going to move to, say we, we had to flee America for whatever reason. Okay. And we're going to go to pick a country. China? I don't know. That's where I want to go? Sure. Maybe we'll go to China. It sounds like, oh, you know. I'll go to Sweden gonna take, if I can choose. We can go to Sweden. Okay. okay. Sweden says, Sweden citizenry starts saying, you know, we don't, you know, we don't know those dirty Americans. You know, they could be this. They, they got too many criminals. guns. They got too many guns. They got too many guns. They're terrible. They're violent. They're, um, they're going to just welch. They're going to, you know, come in and rob our stores with their guns. Yeah. And you just, that's all you got, right? It was like, that's, that's sweet, that the Swedish people just fucking hate your guts. Huh. 
that's that's interesting like maybe i don't want to go to sweden anymore you know maybe i shouldn't go there because everybody hates me i could be in danger i could be just as much danger as is i could be beat up i could be kicked in the street people have been attacked already okay. people, people pull, getting their burkas pulled off second point with a better safe than sorry everybody's going well, what was the first point for, well the first point basically is that how safe are you if you make if you antagonize these people to the amount we're publicly antagonizing them and basically shitting on them in the media and you got governors you got political leaders basically saying we're not letting them in though they don't exactly okay so now they're not coming here right so we're safe we're safe right or are we okay because who would you i mean if who would you who would you hate who do you, if people that hate you or people that oh, would say oh so you're saying we're antagonizing the refugees so yeah. once they settle they're going to hate america they could they could hate us they okay. say well those guys didn't so want we're us. saying it's a short term safety short term but safety, a long term risk but long term how's okay. our foreign policy what if they move back to syria and then here comes america yep. coming in going like hey Hey guys, let's let's make some deals. They go fuck you. We're gonna make deals with I Russia. Say, I would say your uh, this is I I like it, but the people that think America's strong and they don't give yeah. a fuck about these refugees or what they do afterwards. So I just, it's not really doesn't really hold water for for the, the the opposing party. So the second one. Okay. We don't want to. Uh, we're not gonna come in and let them let them come in here and give them our government welfare. These refugees. We're not gonna pay sure. money to them. We're not gonna give like Rand Paul. I think said he wanted to pass a measure that made sure that they didn't receive any welfare if they were accepted in the country, things like that, okay? okay? So here's your options as a Syrian refugee. Oh, we were gonna go to America and we thought we'd have a good time, but now they're saying they won't, we're gonna be, we're gonna be in poverty, we're gonna we might be homeless. We don't, you know, and those ISIS guys before we left, or when we're trying to leave, are saying they'll pay us $700 a month, huge money right now in Syria, It'll pay me $700 a month to just join them. And you know what? I won't have to blow myself up. I'll just, you know, fight. I'll just join their ranks. You know, it's, a, it's like be a militia. Be a soldier. Yeah. Be a soldier. Boy, I could go to America and have a new life and, and use my skills and build up something. Or join But, they, or but join they're not going to give me any money, so we're not going to be able to make it. Yeah. So it sounds like my best option right now is just to take this. I hate ISIS, but they're either going to kill me or I can join them and get paid. What should I do? Mm -hmm. So there's another better, you know, better safe than sorry. That's let's let's not give them welfare and fuck our economy over. Oh, okay. Well, maybe they'll just take they take up ISIS on the job offer. I mean, there's things like that that I just think it's it, they can happen in a few cases. It's not going to happen in every case. But the, the short term idea of let's let's block everybody out. Let's let's basically tell everybody they're assholes and that we hate them and that they stink and that they're probably terrorists and that they're Muslim and we hate Muslims and we should ban them all, we should keep them on registries. I mean, how does that play? How, do you, how would you feel if you, were, if you were on the other side? You would think, wow, they are, they, you'd almost think we're racist, which, you know. Oh, I mean, we're right? racist as fuck. We're how racist around. is that, right? So then what do you think? You think, well, they're the worst, they're the last place I ever wanna, you know, any American I ever see in my life now, I'm gonna hate his guts, you know, even if they're tourists. Yeah. I'm gonna spit in his food when he comes to visit rebuilt Syria. Yeah, I just you just think about that. It's just PR. It's horrible PR. And I think that that antagony over time. I mean, think about for how long we hated the French because French hate America. You know, oh, they're so rude to us. They hate us. They hate our tourism and all that stuff. That's like a, you know, that was like an under the radar thing. Sure. You go there, French might, French people might not hate you. They might, you know, serve you and everybody has a good time. But this, this idea that the French hate us for so long. I mean, it's kind of a joking thing. It is coming, but then there's people that I believed it for a while. I thought, oh yeah, they must, you know, they must hate us and whatever else. But well, now, oh great, now Middle East, you know, now half the population of the world is Muslim, thinks America is just is the, their enemy. Here's what we're missing here in America. Um, there's this uh, like there's a website called the the, the Rich List. Let me see if I can pull it up actually. The Rich List. The Rich List. 
Never heard of the rich list. Well, I'll pull it up and see what happens. I'm actually not, I've never been there. I've only heard about it. Globalrichlist.com. Let's go there. This, I believe what this does is you, you look at your income and you put in your location. Mm -hmm. Okay. Let's just do it right now. So I'm going to put in what? US dollar. Okay. Annual net income. Let's say I, I'm making $40,000 a year. Okay. Which, you know, in America, we consider that like pretty low middle class. Let's show my result. You're in the top 0.57% richest people in the world by income. Mm. Top 1%. $40,000 salary. That's in, in a global, globally. Globally, yeah. To put things into perspective for you on like where, how, how we are in America here. So when we're sitting here, if you're poor in America, if you're poor here, mm -hmm. like you're making 24, you're like some fucking boondock school teacher making $21,000 a year. Put it in, $21,000 a year. 21000 Well, obviously you see the flaw with this. What's the flaw? Well, you're not spending... You're not in Namibia spending your $21,000. You're spending it in America. In Namibia... Yeah, but they don't even have the shit we have here. Like, I mean, if you made a school teacher salary in fucking Namibia, you'd be making less. And you have less things to do with it. Sure. And, and stuff... I'm just thinking things would be cheap. The cost of living would be I mean, totally right. I think that if they, I, if they adjusted it for like... You know, if you could... Like, maybe how, well, many, this is, like this how many calories you could afford. or You know what I mean? Like, things in a... In a like how healthy you can be, how healthcare costs are there. I mean, the, the point of it is there's so many people that have no money sure. in the world that if you are just the fact that you're American at all makes you amazingly lucky. But why aren't we just buying a property elsewhere? Then why aren't we becoming like the I mean, you want the global land? I could go buy property in Namibia, but I don't know how. I mean, I'm sure I could afford a ton of property down there. What's the point? It doesn't do anything. Well, I'm just saying if you if well if ever if America could own every piece of land in the world because we're so rich. I mean, when we do it, and then all of a sudden everything would be America. I I'm not sure how to answer your, your question. I'm just I'm just saying that it's what good Does is this it if we're not if we're not this the good of this is it it shows you compared to other people in the world on average that you're no matter where you are on your position unless you're homeless right. you're probably way better off than a random person. Like if you could hit the restart button and you could be any random person in the world, yeah, do not hit that fucking button. <laughs> because you're going to be way worse than you are right now. I like that. I'm Even if you're having a really hard time here, like you're mm -hmm. a lot really in debt and your car's breaking down, don't hit that fucking reset button because you might end up in fucking somewhere else. And then you'll, you'll be in shit city. Just to put things in perspective. Literally. You'll be literal. If you're in Bangladesh, you might literally, you'll literally be, in be washing your clothes in the city. river that is... So here's what I, so so I'm in a fight with somebody on Facebook. Uh, his name's Tori Purcell or some shit. Do you keep like a spreadsheet of all the people you're in a currently no, in a fight with? No, I, I mean they give me alerts when they say something. Okay. That's how I keep track. Uh, so this guy said some shit about how uh, here's what he said, which is the most I showed it to you. I, I told you about it at least. It was the most entitled thing I've ever heard anybody say in my entire life. He said, "Why don't these refugees just go if if they want what you know freedom so bad?" Oh no, not this argument. Why don't they just go fight for it like our forefathers did? Oh, that was my other point that I missed. This was what started me on the better safe than sorry thing. Okay, because let me ask you a question: what What is the better safe than sorry choice if you're a Syrian refugee? What wait what? What's the better safe the better safe than sorry choice if you're a Syrian refugee? If you're a refugee? If you're a refugee, what's better safe than sorry to, to get do? out of Syria? To run, to get out of there. Right. So when people make this argument like, oh, they should go fight. Oh, really? And then at oh, the same time, you're arguing against them, right, right. letting them in because better safe than sorry? That was my original one. Okay. So so he says, uh, he says, why don't they go fight like our forefathers did for their country? <laughs> okay. 
And I'm like, there's so many things wrong with what you're saying right now that it, 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 I, it's, I'm so offended about what you're saying. For First off, you are like leaning on our forefathers for giving you what you have now as if you played some part in it. Like how fucking lucky are you that someone else had to go through the trouble of fighting for your freedom. Then now you get to sit in your fucking chair, drinking your coffee, your enema, you know, typing on your laptop on Facebook about how the Syrian refugees should have done X instead of Y. Why don't they just do this? Like our forefathers did. They did. They were brave. Say, so, okay, well, here's a couple of reasons. Maybe a lot of them, a lot of the men did and now they're dead. And now their wives and kids have nothing, nothing. Or how about the, their country's shit and they don't want it anymore. They want to move to a better place. How about that? How about fuck you? You're not going to tell these people who have to like look at their house that's bombed out. And look at a fucking ocean. And they'll go, you know what? I'm going to take my five-year-old on that fucking raft and just go. Right. And hope I make it to another side. They got to make that decision. And you're over here telling them that they made the, they should have hey, done something else instead. Pick up one of those guns that you have in your country. Well, wait a How? minute. No, that's America where we have guns. Just, like, there's no, that's the other thing. People assume that they just like can get access just get to a gun. an RPG or something. Go fight. Yeah. And maybe if the U.S. funds them and then they got to find, you know, then you have to find what faction that you're going to fight for in the, you know, the free Syrian army or, you know, be with the rebels or you can be with ISIS. Like it's not just, you don't just walk out your door and just, you know, start shooting away like Yosemite Sam it's it's very complicated and a lot of people aren't the, the, a lot of these people are, aren't even military age you know they're 45 they may be 50 well and women and children for fuck's sake right and so and, and so their teen sons their sons that are 17, 18 might be off fighting but then they who are like I said they're 40 a little bit older they're they got other things to worry about they might not even be soldiers they might have health problems that, that keep them from doing that I mean, even in the American Revolution, not everybody was out I mean, there it's, it's, fighting. It's, it's pointless. It's pointless. Like, they make a choice. Yeah, they could fight. Maybe some did. But, like, they, everybody's got... They got kids and shit. They're making a decision that they feel is best. And it's not cowardly to run away. We ran away from England. You're you know, sure. by, by we, I mean our forefathers. Yeah. They ran from England, you know, because they hated it there. And they want to start their own fucking place. So, I called them out. But, you're, you know, this is the most privileged bullshit I've ever heard. And I gave my little speech about how, you know, maybe they did. All the things I just said. He comes back and says, don't ever call me privileged. You know nothing about me. I'm like, well, here's what I do know about you. You have a computer, you have a house, you have two kids. Let me look at your photos real quick. Oh, did you go to the zoo yesterday? The fucking zoo? Did you have a latte while you were out there? You piece of shit. You have internet. You're on Facebook wasting your fucking time. Probably while you're at work because your job's just fucking cakewalk. What do you like? Fucking work some government job, you piece of shit. Work at a DMV. Fuck you. And you're over here texting, like typing on Facebook to me. And you dare tell me you're not privileged? What are you, an amp a, a triple amputee in a wheelchair who lost your whole family and you came up from the streets? No, he's just some fucking white middle class motherfucker who's living the easiest life in the world. And maybe, maybe he's a little tough. You know what? Maybe he's got like asthma or something. Maybe he's lactose intolerant. Fuck you. Even so, I just... Everything I need to know about his privilege is you're a white American and you have two kids who go to the zoo. I think... Compare these refugees? Are you joking me? I think a lot of people right now are taking, like, if you remember back when you know, conservative talk radio Rush Limbaugh, they got really good at making liberal a four-letter word. What does that mean? For a long time. A four-letter word. I swear, a bad word. Liberal. A liberal became an insult. These liberals, right? Okay. I think right now, the word privilege, you know, talking about people's privilege and telling them their privilege is like insulting them. In a certain sense, and, be, and, they're, and, that's, and they're taking offense to it. You now. know what? You got to get over without it, guys. even understanding. You got to fucking get over it. What the? What your point is? Just to compare yourself to the to the plight of a refugee who has nothing and might die tomorrow. You saying, you know what? I, I don't want them infringing on my life. 
from where you stand is just so fucking, you know. I just don't even think. There's such a lack of What was it that there. even the number was like 10,000 Syrian refugees? You know what 10,000 is to like the zero. population That's of how America? many people, that's like a quarter of the people in the Mall of America right now? Yeah, I just, it's, it's, four, it's four high schools, you know, four suburban high schools here. It's just. I'm going to share this. I'm, so I'm going to share this. And they act like these people. And that's the other thing. If these people are people that are able to make it out with the clothes on their back and maybe a little bit extra, and they're make, able to make it out of Syria all the way to Europe, like some of these people are making it all the way. You know how long this trek is? And there's no help. There's no like. I mean, they there's, die. No, there's no people smuggling them through. They're just marching. And like, I don't know. I don't know what they're eating. I don't know what they're getting. Are they getting handouts? Are they eating grass? Like, what are they doing? And you're telling me you want these people that made it all the way to Europe with the, just their fucking ingenuity and their in their drive and their passion to be safe and to live? You don't want these people in America, the home of the entrepreneur? You don't think these people would do anything for our country? You think they just leech off us? Mm-hmm. Are you kidding me? Right. These people are like the people. These are like the cream of the crop. These are the, the people that make it are the people that like are the best most skilled people that we want the people yeah. that don't the lazy make it, leeches this are is, dead these this, are like, this is survival of the fittest right, this, exactly. is, this is like america like as its definition as people like to define it where if you know you'll if you make it then it's because of you're great because your ingenuity because you're smart because you deserved it so now if they get that far we should be going you know, taking the first guy, we should be the first we guy across the invite line. Him, invite him man. every time. First guy across the line. Oh, you you made it. You did something right. The guy. I'll tell like, you. You know what? I'll tell you what. I mean, my parents. I, I'm an immigrant. I moved to America when I was six. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm born in Ukraine. My parents moved me here. You know, Russia was a shit show. We you escaped Russia. You know, if you ask my parents, they escaped the communist Soviet, regime. Soviet Russia. Right? Yeah, still... 1983. I mean, 1985. No, when did we move? 1987. I don't remember. I don't remember. Anyway, we got out of there, you know, and are my parents a bunch of fucking leeches who are sucking on welfare and and, and then dragging us down? Should be should they have been capped out? My my parents came here with six hundred dollars. That's it, six hundred U.S. dollars. They showed up here. I mean, they had some people who moved ahead of us who like helped us out, but they had nothing. They came here to speak English. Came I would you know whatever. They just took a chance. Just skipped over the fucking ocean. No no ties. Showed up here. My dad started was six businesses. He owns two houses. I mean, he's he's super successful mm-hmm. from nothing. He inherited nothing. You know what I mean? He built it all through his ingenuity. It's a lot for me to live up to. I'm doing a terrible job. My dad's a great man, way better than I am. But then I, you know, he's hanging out with other Russians as well. His business partners, all Russians, multiple business owners, super successful rich guys. There's not a single low-life leech I know of the Russians I know. And the community is pretty tight-knit around here. You know what I mean? Like, they're all successful entrepreneurs. There's no leeches there. And that's another point that I may, maybe I want to make. Just of, of my observations, just growing up here in Minnesota, I've, I've been around places like, say, like Normandale uh, Community College. I've been in, you know, Riverside, Cedar Riverside in Minneapolis. Um, it, we just, we've seen it. We've got, we've got a lot of Asian immigrants in, in Egan, where we live, like... Everything that I've seen is the people that are the biggest, maybe if you want to call them leeches or, or welfare or you know whatever it might be, are people that were like established here, people that are born here. entitled pricks. Okay. Yeah, like you. Okay, go to like go this way and like how would I phrase this? So, like you go to Normandale, right? And you see like it must be it looks like half the Somali immigrant population is is taking classes at Normandale. Like there's so many of like if they're you know they're what. 
1% of the Minnesota population. They're like a third of the people that are going to school sure. for higher education at Normandale that I see of the, of the student you know, population. It's just even just in general, like, and you're telling me like, they're, what are they? They're, oh, they're just sitting on their butt. Like they're not doing anything. No, they're getting, they're getting an education. And for when I know of my friends in that community, that it's just like any immigrant community. You say your dads and your dad's friends are all business owners and they help each other out. You know, they create their own almost like little mini economy. If whether the Vietnamese and the, you know, Vietnamese and the restaurants and things like those communities thrive when they come here and then they build on each other. They have financial services within their own little communities. They have, you know, every, everything that we have uh, is just in general working society. They have like a smaller version of, you know, tax preparers. They need tax preparers. Well, who's going to be able to prepare their taxes? Somebody that doesn't speak Somali? No. Somebody that doesn't speak Vietnamese? No. It's going to be somebody that understands it, went out of his way to learn how to prepare taxes. Now they can do tax preparation. And then you got people that, you know, they might send money home. They might do all this stuff. Some of these communities are the most, like, innovative and the ones that, like, can actually survive. And sure, you say, well, some of them are on welfare. They got eight kids or – yeah, but they're all living under one house. They're living under one – you know, grandma, their fam- whole extended family is living there. They're saving money this way and that way. Like, in the, in, and I just don't see that many where they're just, like, they come here and they just, they just don't do shit. You know, they – every immigrant community I've seen, like – contributes more than I think it takes away. Immigrants do a great job. And I think I just think it's more it's all of us that grew up in America that are the more apt right. more you know apt what? to be You're totally to right. just give up and mm-hmm. just to say, well, you know The biggest lowlifes I know are, you know, American white kids who are just are used to their parents work hard and they don't give a fuck. You know, it's our generation, I guess. You know, even me. Yeah. I mean compared to my dad, I'm a fucking lowlife piece of shit. I can't you know like when I, when he was my age he was so far ahead of me in, 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 in everything. You know what I mean? Like, I'm playing fucking Mass Effect all the time. Yeah. He was working his ass out of trying to make a home for his family. You know, he moved to a, here. He was trying to get a job. He built his house with his bare hands. You know what I mean? I'm a fucking... Uh, I, I mean, I have a YouTube channel. You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's a fucking joke. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm, like, way better off than a bunch of other people I know that are just complete lowlifes, you know? I really think it's amazing. You know, especially right now, another thing with that I've noticed in our kind of local economy, all these part-time types of jobs, like... Pizza shops, delivery, um, who else is hiring? Just anywhere you think that like a kid that is 19, 20 would work or somebody that needs a part-time job would work. All these places are hiring right now because I think every pizza shop I've ever seen in existence right now is all hiring at the same time. Uh, gas stations are all – they're offering like eleven fifty an hour plus benefits and all this stuff just to get anybody in there. Everybody's everybody's hiring. Like so that just means that our economy is you know, fortunately making a comeback. But it also means – they're desperate. Everybody's competing. You know, if every pizza shop is hiring right now, Devani's, Papa John's, Pizza Man, they're all, everybody's de- like, we, we're short staffed at the part time place I work at. And it's just like, wouldn't 10,000 Syrian refugees, like, we could use, people could use some bodies. You know what I mean? And that's the thing where it's like, all these jobs like that. And some people say, like, you know, it's low level jobs that nobody wants to do. It's not really that, but it's the fact that these jobs are available and they're, you know, we need people to fill them and nobody's filling them. And some people don't want to work. We've had people that that get you know, leave or they get fired because they can't hack it. You know, pizza, white, pizza, white white American kids or something. They can't, they can't hack. They it's can't too, hack it too hard because they're because they're either uh, they got you know they have substance abuse problems or they're just they're just irresponsible or they never learn. They're just they're you know, too busy they're, partying. They can't make it to work on time. Right. They're just it, or they just don't get what it means to hustle. That's the biggest thing I've noticed in a lot with a lot of people that I've worked with. You know, and I've never experienced that problem. The when I've worked at, I've worked at a couple of restaurants and bars in my life, and we've had every once in a while, you know, a guy that moved here from Guatemala, like you know, six years ago, and he's got kids and stuff, and he's working at the dishwasher at the bar. I've never seen anybody in the bar work harder 
Like everybody works hard, you know, the waitresses are scrambling and stuff, but they all kind of go, well, I need a smoke break or something, right? This dude's like his energizer bunny mm-hmm. and never, never says one thing. He'll never pick s- up everybody's shift too. Never hates, never hates, like never has one of those days. I've never seen in my life, and I haven't seen a whole lot of them, but I've never seen an immigrant worker who comes in as like, oh man, I'm either I'm hungover or this day's so busy. Oh man. like where, you know, where, where people's shoulders droop and they say, man, we got, you know, our our shit pushed in today at work because it was so busy. And like, you know, and they just complain about it. I've never seen somebody that does that. And maybe because they don't know how to, how to yeah, do man, it. Maybe, I mean, maybe they don't know the slang in English for saying stuff like that. But then you never see them like get overwhelmed. You never see them collapse under the pressure. And then I see, you know, these young, you know, college girl, you know, waitressing just going like just frazzled because you can't, you know, can't hack it. Meanwhile, this dude's doing trays of dishes, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean, parent, you know, back at Umbria, my parents own that pizza place. I mean, Mexicans, for, I mean, no question, best workers. And I just, and that's right. That's where I just think it's so amazing that like people want to paint politically sometimes, you know, that these are, that it's a different story than Freelance, it really is, you know, it's just rapists. So I saw a headline this week that Mexicans not for, for like the first time, like in a while, more people, more Mexicans are moving, immigrating back to Mexico hmm. than that are coming here. Wow. We're at like a net loss right now of like a hundred thousand or something. I don't know. Oh, it was a headline the other day. Excuse me. Um, yeah. And they said they're more, more of them are, are immigrating back to Mexico than are, than are coming in right now. So we're, we're scaring them off. We apparently, we, that's what some people say. We victor, claim victory that we, you know, we oh, shut yeah. the door on we them. We claim victory. I think it's just more, <laughs> I think it's just more, they're sick, you know, they're sick of our shit, but I just think, yeah, people people want to paint their simple pictures of what you know what the truth is. And if you don't know, that's the thing. I think if people don't have experience, that's what I've noticed. The people that don't have experience with other either cultures or even races or ethnicities, whatever you want to talk well, about. Sure. And you know, I'm not I'm not here going like, well, I got a you know, oh, I got so many black friends or but it's like I've gone to these places, I've eaten at the restaurants, I've been in the communities, I've I've brushed along with some of these and those are the observations that I make. Mm-hmm. Like I said, just like that Normandale one is the one that stood out for me where I just said, wow, these people are, are hacking it, you know? And that's what, and that was like a friend pointed out to me one time. He said, you see, you don't see a lot of like African Americans. You see like Africans like going to Normandale, you know? And he made it, made it as a comment on like Americans are lazy. You know, you see the people that come from other countries. They're the ones trying to get, India, they're coming here for education, all that brain drain type of stuff. But what do we do? The kids that grew up here, the white kids and the black kids and what they else? Got, they like, got mommy and dad's eh, inheritance. You know, yeah. yeah, maybe we'll go to public school if we make it. But yeah, I, I, mean, think I mean, we're not, I'm not saying that I'm perfect or anything, but you no. know, it's important to you have to be mindful of this shit. You know, you got to re- realize what's going on. And like, so I'm I say not, let them in. And then somebody on, on Facebook, somebody says, Hey, Alex, why don't you just uh, take five or six uh, refugee families in your house then? I'm like, I love how it's got to be five or six. Like, I love how I love how it's got to be five or six. Because if they say one, I might say fine. Yeah. You know, no, it's got to be five or six. Totally unreasonable amount of, of refugees. You know, like, I just love that. I'm like, you know, there, there's a minimum level of humanity, which right. is let them into the country. And then there's a level of compassion you're asking for, like, let them into yeah. my house. Yeah. You're not being asked to let seven refugees in your house. You're asked to just support a party that'll let them into the country and let them fucking fend for themselves at least... They're better off here, homeless, than in Syria being bombed, you know? I just, I but can't I believe that it's all you happening. seven in your house now? I can't believe that we're just having this conversation now when, you know, we've had, remember, you know, Kosovo, Yugoslavia, kind of the Bosnian War, Serb War back in the, you know, that, the yeah. 90s. We, there's always some sort of turmoil where there's refugees. There's always some sort of issue. And so somehow, right now, everybody's just conflating this terrorism and, 
They're, it's, it's all becoming one big... To, to be honest, these people are pussies. That's that's really how I see it. They're not... This is the land of the brave. People that... All you want to do is hide under the bed and close the door. And that's what I want. I mean, and I don't, I don't really point it out to people, but in the back of my head, that's my opinion. People that are gung-ho about fighting and blowing hey, you know things what? up. Get your own gun for your self-defense. It's easy here. And then just, you know, have your gun under your pillow. And then trust the law enforcement and American, ridiculous American military. Why do you have a gun under your pillow? Because you're fucking scared. Well, you're scared there too, but at least, you know. That's where where all this to me stems from. And this is going to be me being an asshole, but since we do do it on this show. Be an asshole. We just, you know, again, I might get a little flack for this, and I probably should. But when I look at, like, a lot of just Republican arguments, you know, it it all, so much of it stems from fear. It just, it's all fear-based. It's all fear-mongering. It's all, you know, oh, Black Lives Matter, well, these thugs on the street, they could be killing our cops. It's just, everything is just, they're so afraid of everything that's outside their door. And sometimes it's, you know, rightly so, to be to be concerned with sure. the stability of society. That's one thing. But it's another thing to be all across the board just being, oh, they could be terrorists and all this and all that. Sometimes you just got to deal with the fact that, you know, shit's going to happen, man. And, and you do your best you do your best you can, but you don't start making databases to register people. That's half of the You break. don't start banning them from being president or yeah, just, you know, all well, you that know stuff the- is, to me, all that, st- all that stands out. And that isn't, again, there's a lot of sane, rational people, I think, that don't get the microphone. It's usually the crazies. Right. But the fact that the crazy craziest is pulling at the top of, like, the GOP right now, it just, that's amazing to me. And I'm almost wishing that we had uh, Mitt Romney running for president just because I haven't found one of these people in the GOP even that is like a sane person. And I don't know if they're trying to play to get to get voters or just thinking that's what they want to hear or if they actually believe it. But if they actually believe it, then they're just, I mean, Donald Trump's scared for his life. I mean, all these people are just scared of terrorism. They're scared of ISIS, which is exactly what, terrorism ironically, is. what ty- terrorism is. And so from my standpoint, I go, yeah, terrorism sucks. Let's fight it rationally. But Holy crap! We don't take you don't you don't start you know even the Patriot Act I thought was extreme back in the day. I mean that that was fear. Everything's fear, fear, fear. Take off your shoes at the airport. All oh, we're scared. Um, now you can't have uh, you can only have clear bags to go to the Gopher games at the stadium because they had the suicide bomber in Paris. So now the NFL has had a policy on bags that you can't have like purses. Clear bags. You have to have a clear bag now. And the at all NFL stadiums, you can't be within two blocks and wearing a backpack. Women can't, I can't have purses? Work, I can't walk. Women can't have a purse? Women can't have purses anymore. They have to bring, They have to use a clear bag. Wow. This was like a year How ago. long until everybody has got to be naked at the games? I just... 100% nudity. Well, here's the thing. If, we, if I go to a gopher game next week and don't bring that bag or whatever, I'll still be able to get the flask in like I normally do when I put it down the front of my waistband because they, they don't grab your junk. And you're telling me when the Russian... Like, I'll just really blow off topic here. When the Russian plane, they say it got taken down, or at least ISIS claims, they, showed up, they put a picture up. When that Russian plane blew up in Egypt the other day, they they put a picture of like a pop can bomb, like a soda can bomb. They showed this with like a like there's like a fuse connector to it, right? Just like this Mountain Dew can. And they said that was what took down the plane. That was their explosive. Well, there you go. You fit that down the front of your pants. So what's this clear? You know, I mean, it's just it's not. You can't like. It's just to make people not scared. The, it's so, the, the thing is, like all the precautions we take to stop bombs, the bombers are gonna be. The people who are, the, well, yeah, they're getting worse. I mean, and the people who are doing the, the checking are, are degenerates. They're the worst of us. You know what I mean? The TSA balloon heads who don't give a fuck do it. They do it 500 times a day. Mm-hmm. On the 500th time, you're going to tell me they're doing a fucking act. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. whatever. Just yeah, fucking exactly. Yeah. You know, I mean, 
you, you'll get in. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, at some point, like, the threat is real. There, you could have a bomb. Absolutely. But, like, most of the time, like, getting hit by lightning is real. You can get hit by lightning anytime you drive in the rain. Getting hit by a drunk driver is even more real yeah. than either of those. You gotta live, you live your fucking life, you know? We, can't, we gotta just accept the risk of life, right. which is a bomber, and do our best. But, like, our best can't be sacrificing everything we believe in. Exactly. You know? And there's people that are out there right now that are jumping to that argument of giving up everything that I, I was that taught that America was all about, mm-hmm. which was, like, these civil liberties are above and beyond being fucking mm-hmm. uh, terrorized and being hysterical about what's actually, you know, the risks out there and shutting things down and becoming a police state and doing all these things just so, whew, so we don't have a terrorist attack. No, I mean, you got to find that middle ground where you just – you can walk outside your door without – Without being so life, life is concerned. risk. Life is risk. So that's I'm against better safe than sorry. But again, to say that people will say, "Whoa, you know, you'll be sorry as soon as something happens." Well, yeah, well, that's. I just I'm I don't sorry. know how to make that I'm argument. Sorry, you know, you feel like you're always off off the position when when people come back at you with that. But again, it's just accept the risks as they are, but also believe in the freedoms that we have. Like that, to, I guess to me, like for some reason, I still believe in that stuff. I don't get thrown off that game. But I'm a hippie, you know, hippie liberal or something. But hippie liberal. So there's this uh, this I have this blog put up, and I will post it in our thing. But it's uh, the title of the blog post is "This photographer captures sites where Syrian refugee children sleep, and it will break your heart." Mm-hmm. Did you see this? I posted it on Facebook. I reposted it. Somebody else mm-hmm. posted it on Facebook. I reposted it. It's a series of photographs of Syrian children sleeping in you know ditches, forests, streets on the street, just on the pavement, in hospitals. And below each photograph is the story of these people, these kids and their parents. And I'm not ashamed to say that I cried when I read this. Hmm. I absolutely got halfway through and I was in tears reading this. And I showed this, you know, and then I was wrestling with, should I show this to my wife or not? Because I know that she'll just be, she's just completely break down when she sees it, you know? Mm-hmm. And th- this leads me into my kind of philosophical discussion. If I know, like, I want to show this to you, and I know it's going to upset you deeply when you read this. It's going to really hurt you a lot because this is the most upsetting shit you've ever seen because they're just they're kids. And they're just, they might die tomorrow, and their parents have to watch that happen. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's the, the saddest part of humanity is happening here. They could be terrorists, though. Y- they could be. <laughs> but all, all that joking aside... Mm-hmm. Should I show this to my wife if I know it'll just make her super devastated? And the question is, the, the question is, hmm. it, d- does her sadness about this topic, does that add, does that contribute to some sort of karmic price that we pay for being the way we are? Like, does her sadness somehow contribute in some greater way to, like, humanity? And does it redeem us in some way? You know, like, does she owe it? To the universe to be upset to this, you know, do I owe it to the universe to read this and be upset? Hmm. And this, and this actually, this idea came to me from from veganism and from animal animal rights. Where even to this day, when I see somebody post like what hap- what really happens at dairy farms, I know exactly what that video is going to be. You know what I mean? I know what it's going to be, and I know that if I watch that, it's going to upset me for many days from that point on. I'm going to be th- I'm going to have nightmares about what I saw in that video. I know that before I watch it. But I will still watch that fucking video, you know? I'll watch it because I feel like I, I have to make myself feel bad for that because I contributed to that shit for the years that I did. Oh, okay, seriously. That's the penance I have to pay, you know, for being a human being who, who, who did it. You know, like if I was, 
you know, it's like, it's like if I, I got away with a crime when I was when I was young. You know, like I committed a crime and I got away with it and nobody caught me. And now I have that with me. And I have to, now that I know that I've committed a wrong when I was a kid and nobody got me. Like I killed, I killed my, my neighbor, you know, and nobody caught me. And now I'm an adult and I got to think back on the way that I killed my neighbor. And I, I have to think about it. And I go to his grave and I visit his grave and, you know, say, I'm sorry for killing him. Does that make a difference? You know, like, is there a point to that? No. Well, I mean, not physically. But I, I still, no, I don't think so. Should I not show this? Well, should, should, should you not look at this Let's then? Let's start, let's start this. If we're going to talk about karma, yeah. karma is a thing that, to me, I'm a, I'm an anti-karma. Anti-karma. There's a lot of people that go, that's karma for you, or karma's a bitch or something, or, mm-hmm. or they even believe that their actions, like, they're worried about an actual, like, karma will come back to even it out in sure. their lifetime. Sure. I don't believe in that at all. I you don't believe in karma. I think it's a silly idea. I think it's you don't believe idea. there's fairness. That's what that is: is people wishing that the universe has some sort of control. You know, it's almost like that. That somehow, like karma is like an energy, and like if you take energy away somewhere else, it has to pop up. I mean, that's exactly what it is. They yeah. think it's some sort of balance. So, like anything good or bad. But the problem is that goes back to me. Goes back to the relativism that I believe in with with right and wrong, because I think these actions are neutral to the universe. These kids sleeping on the street is neutral to the universe. Those do- cows dying at Daily Farm, the neut- the universe, cold as ice, doesn't, I don't care. You know, it's just, oh, that's what happened. Volcano comes down, wipes us all out, universe, hmm. It's not going to, universe isn't going to say, well, I owe it to start a, hum- you know, humanity on some other planet because these guys got wrecked. The yeah, universe doesn't care. So to me, there's no karma because I mean, that's there's a no. Fair, yeah, I mean, that's, I don't, be- I don't believe in karma either. I could fire you and you go. You know, and I could call you an asshole when you leave, and you say, "Well, karma will come." Like, I'll get a, yeah, I'll get I a mean, break. I'll catch a break down the road. I mean, you know, karma is a, it's a, it's a, it's you know, believe in it, whatever. It, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a concept that mm-hmm. I use an example. So, but you're the, the question is really this a is, real thing? Is this a real philosophy topic? As far as like the title of like karma, what do you call it? Karma price. Karma price. I've heard that before. It's not okay. a real thing. That okay. I know so, beyond. Just, so we can be talking more about like your conscience, like do you? Yeah. I mean, this is all your. Yeah. This is your conscience. Like, I read this and this makes me. I mean, I, this is educational in that mm-hmm. I get to you put a face to the refugees and you right. see what they look like. You know, and some of them they're not all terrorists. They're kids. You know, and but but it's just like when I see this headline, like I'm already on there. I'm already on board. You know what I mean? I'm already on. I'm drinking the Kool Aid. I've let the refugees in. You know, like I'm already on the, I'm vegan already. So for me to watch these horrific videos of, of, of cruelty, it does nothing. You know what I mean? It only affects me negatively. So in, so in some sense, you're kind of like if these kids were sleeping on the street and you walked by, you know, there's people that sit like you might say, I'm not going to look at this kid. And then there's people that will force themselves to look at the kid to acknowledge something about it, about the yeah. human. Yeah, you're, sure. you're basically saying, I need to look at this yeah. to acknowledge it. I'm asking if you think that that, yeah, do you think that... This like a, a post like this should be spread around just because even though the no change can be made, but the sadness it creates is that somehow it, it is the, like it's kind of like what is justice? You know, mm-hmm. what is justice? Like, is there if there's a, a way to make people feel horrible? The thing as a what, punishment, right? Well, I don't know if it's a punishment. It, the utility of this that I would say is that. If it changes public opinion on a policy or on, on our attitude towards something, if it, then, it, then it has some worth. Outside of that, I just kind of think it's like compassion porn. Like okay. where, you're, where, you, where some people will just say like, oh, like there's people that like to see cute puppies and cute stuff. Forget people. You, like you. Like you. You know this headline's title. You're sure. already drinking the Kool-Aid. Let, okay. the, let the refugees in. 
Do you feel like you have to look at these and read these stories or even though you know it's going to make you feel terrible? Or would you just skip this post and go, you know what? I don't need that in my life right now. I have done enough. I just don't, I don't know if I grasp like what. I feel compelled. Like, I don't know. I mean, I can't explain the feeling I have. I feel compelled to punish myself by reading this. I see. No, I don't. I don't feel, I don't feel that. I feel, I think these are, I want to say it's more related to psychology and maybe clickbait than it is like what you're going at. And what you're going at, I think is a deeper decision and deeper analysis of, of kind of things like this. I don't, I don't see it the same way. I wouldn't look, you know, I might be, I, if I looked at it, it'd be out of curiosity. It would be like, it would just be like, if you go on the internet and you look, you see like car accidents or you go to NASCAR to see the accidents. It's kind of like, or you watch hockey for the hockey fights. You know what I mean? Or you look up hockey fight videos. You look up anything where it's just kind of like you're you're gawking to gawk. And I think a lot of that drives this more than your mm-hmm. your idea. And I feel like if I looked at it, yeah, I'd be I'd like to see the play. In some parts of the day, I might be curious to see like what they're up to. But at the same time, I don't think it would influence my decision making in a way. I don't think I owe it to like. Stay, to stare at these kids and to say, and you know what I mean? To spend, it's like, just like, I don't feel like I have to go down and just stare at like people, kids having cancer in the hospital to like somehow feel more connected to like that negativity. It's just, mm-hmm. I think if you, I don't think that's a thing for me. I guess I, I don't know how to, how else to really explain it. I haven't dug into it like you have. I, you know, I haven't, I don't I, think it's something that's it's something that's been, you know, it's something that's been in my, in my, in my mind for a while. Like I get where you're going. I just don't think it has like, like, some sort of influence on anything except for yourself. I think it's personal. well. I mean, one hundred percent. That's what I'm saying. I don't, but but I don't think that like it makes up for something in the world, like a greater, like some sort of greater good that you looked at it. Yeah, I feel that it does. Like, how would you like? How I, what are you connecting to? I I feel that if humanity is humanity is one organism, then me feeling sadness for mm-hmm. the damage we've done is like a pain. That's a punishment to humanity. That's hippie bullshit to me. That's how I feel. Like that's like mother, like mother Earth. Like you're connected to mother What's wrong Earth. Yeah, that? that's too. That's like spiritual. I'm not very spiritual. You know, kind of. It's almost like saying, "Well, Mother Earth have a, like has a soul, and we're all connected to that soul." And it just gets really conceptual. And it's, I'd probably me and Malone would probably be opposite of that opinion. I would assume he seems like the same kind of. I feel like Malone's on this podcast. You bring him up so many times. I know. I, I miss him. <laughs> I miss him so much. You gotta Usually, because the funny thing about Malone, make sure is he like, listens to this one. The funny thing, about, <laughs> the funny thing about Malone that I like is like he won't speak a lot, but when he speaks, he has it all in order. And I am a rambler. I'm not good at throwing ideas out in a great way, as I'm doing right now on purpose. But um, that's what I like about Malone. He'll say whatever I'm thinking. In three sentences, and it takes me. I'll spend twenty minutes ranting once. Okay. So, well, but I miss him, and I miss him because he usually, you know, he agrees with me, and I agree with him. That's right. fun sometimes. Those are real, real bros. Real bros. Well, uh, I'm curious if anybody else has an opinion on this. You know, uh, it, it's most tangible to me when it's it's animal cruelty footage, which I always watch when it appears. Well, I've done that. I've I've looked at like I've seen the videos. They used to play it on the Metro Access Channel, but they play you know like. Uh, pigs at some slaughterhouse or something you just kind of see like the abuse and the torture and things like that and some of it like if you haven't seen it i think you 
it would be wise. You should tell yourself, oh, like, you I should, should watch this. You should definitely but watch it. But once you understand the that side of it, I don't think you need to, like, force yourself to, like, to torture yourself. Well, I mean, I would say that if you're... I think that, that would even bias you If somewhere. you're not vegan, you should watch it every time before dinner. You know what I mean? I mean, would you... That you should. Because if it's hard for you to... If you, you lose your appetite watching it, then fuck you very much. Eat a broccoli. Like, what if somebody, like... What if you just captured on your GoPro like somebody kicking your dog one time? Like, would you sit down every year and make sure you like watch your dog get kicked again for some sort of penance? Like, I just not, that's not. I mean, that's not even. It is the well, like, but I'm just saying once close, you understand, not even once, close to comfortable. It is, but no, I'm just saying once you understand this problem exists or that animal cruelty exists, why do you feel that you have to continue if you if you take expose it, yourself? Well, it? I mean, the question is if you take if you've done the best you can to to you know if you haven't made a change in your life, mm-hmm. then watch it until you do. You know what I mean? Like, if you are if you can look at this and still say, keep the Syrians out, then keep fucking looking at this until you learn to be a better human being, is what I would say. The question, I mean, that's uh, that's easy for me. If you avoid all the all the compassion and you're like, you just, in your mind, imagine terrorists or, you know, whatever, then yeah, it's easy for you to keep your fucking standpoint of keep the Syrians out. They're all terrorists. It's when you look at the kids crying, then you can finally open your heart to go, wait a minute, maybe they're not all fucking terrorists. The question is, once you already are on board, should you still continue to look at it? You know? You know, I don't... Almost... I mean, the answer could be no. I mean, I'm just saying that's like... I, why do I feel compelled right. to, to watch cows be killed, even though I would never eat a cow again? You know? I still feel like that, that, that pays some price to the cow. There's some kind of a, you know... Sympathy that I'm that I'm giving. I think off I it. think you're just being righteous. Well, it, it makes I me think, feel better. It makes you feel better that you somehow like, yeah, yeah that you're that you're, yeah. It, it, well, it's a, it's a sense of self self punishment, self justice. That it's, I'm, well, I think it's a, it's almost self hating. It's not well, so much self hating, but like I do, you know, it's like human. It's you know, and they, the only other reference I have is the comedians mm-hmm. that self hating Jew, you know, stereotypes of the comedians I always have. But it's you know it's. It's that, but it's like you're a human. Like you just like, oh, us humans are so dirt. Like it's so ma- it's almost masochistic, you know. It's, you know, I mean, like it's... oh, I'm so bad. You know, we're so bad at this. Like, and then you feel like you somehow like spend a night in jail or something. Like you, it doesn't make up for that cow. It doesn't do anything. I don't think it contributes to anything, unless you prevent another, you know, cow. Yeah, which you I do, mean, and you, that's all. You, that's and that's all you have to do is actual real tangible things. I don't yeah. think, I don't think you know, and that's fine if you want to do that. But I just don't think it has. Or contribution. There are people that do that for, I think, a lot of things where they just. Some people like watching sad movies just because they want to feel that sadness. Some people listen to the music, but I, yeah, I don't think exposing yourself to it somehow benefits in any way. Not in a, karmic, not in a karmic sense. Not in a karmic it. sense. You don't no. believe in that. I don't. Well, I don't believe in the karma, but just not even in the karmic sense where you somehow made up, like you somehow like gained a little ground back for for watching. You know, I think it just—it's like people that go to a public execution. Like, they're just gawker. You're just gawking at that. I mean, point. That's, that depends on your reason for doing it. If you really hate to see people get killed, and you go to a public execution, that's that more meaningful than going to gawk. It sounds like it has more to do with you than really. I don't well, think. The, I don't think the guy being hanged is like, well, it's great that you're here and paying. I mean, like, well, it, you're definitely the right guy would rather not be hanged. You know, I just you're definitely right about that. I think it's it's too little, too late, you know, on some of those. So. It uh, it it it's a you know, it's a it's a. I think it's a self-inflicted punishment, you know. And what's I'm the on, what's the crime? You know, that's the kind of the question. I'm on the fence about kind of the emotional. I've I've done a lot, kind of as I've grown up to, to try to become I mean, not less emotional, but 
to be able to kind of keep it together in, in situations like that where, I mean, yeah, I can watch things and be kind of driven to tears, watch sad, you know, even sad movies or something like you. Braveheart? Braveheart's a good one. Same Pride of Ryan gets me at the end. Mm, um, yeah, right. Even Best of the Best, though, at the end. Like, oh, man, that movie's are, so good. Yeah, but those are like, you know, those are things. Those are movies. Those are fake. This is real life. <laughs> and this, you know, it'd be perfectly okay to get emotional here. But it's one thing to say to get emotional. It's another thing to, like, then let that make your decision for you. Because I think you can, you don't have to be emotional to make the correct decision. In, in, You're making in yeah, the decision. Not you know, it's not part of yeah. my, my philosophy. The decision's been made at this point. Like I know my wife is with the refugees. I'm with the refugees. Then I don't think you need to. You, I could just ignore this and not look at it. Yeah, I'm trying to th- like. I don't think it's in that sense. It it sounds like it would be borderline like explo- You know, exploitative. How do you? I'm say gonna that? post this. I'm gonna post this. So you guys can look it. at it. Everybody can look at it. But I just think you know, if you're against the refugees and you look at this, these kids and you could still say that you should keep them out, then, you know, you're you're a really strong person. You're the strongest of us Americans for fighting the terrorists by letting the kids start to death. But then you just sound like the anti-abortion people when they're posting, you know, fetus, oh, my heartbeat and stuff, you know. Well, the difference there, though, is the the pro-abortion people get to say that baby's not fully formed. These are babies that are humans, you know what I mean? Well, I'm just saying, playing playing the kids card, you know, it's... A human should be a human. You know, we shouldn't be. We have this psychological, you know, weakness for, I mean, for that's, kids. I that's, think that, I think that's, you know, I think that's it's accurate though. Kids are innocent. You can a, a child well, sure. can't be a terrorist. An adult man. If you show a bunch of adult men that are sad, well, at least two of those are terrorists. It's easy when you show a bunch of little girls, you know, sleeping with teddy bears. That's they're not terrorists. Those are innocent children. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah, it's playing the kid card, but it's a real card. The kids are really there; they're not fake. But the comeback would be, you know, you can't, you can't just go out and save everybody. You can't save all. You know, there's people that want to save all the all the animals, and then they end up with 20 cats, and you know, animal protection coming out and clearing out their house that's full of cat poop because they couldn't handle it all because they're broke and they spend all their money on cat. I mean, there's a point where you have to make a decision to say this is as much as I can do reasonably. Wow. Where we are, most there's people, a lot of kids in Africa that remember the all. I mean, think about the, the African commercials. Yeah, little kid with flies buzzing around him. Like we go, oh, flies buzzing around. Him. You yeah. know what? Humans that you go out and you have mosquitoes here. What if we had you know kids in you know Minnesota with little mosquitoes on them? Would like people elsewhere be like, you're, oh, you're, I'm so you're sounding dangerous. Like one of the anti uh, keep the gates closed kind of guys. All I'm saying is that there's a point. There's not. Stuff. Oh my god. There's a there's a point when you just got to be realistic and it's not just emotion. If, uh, the, if we ran everything by emotion, here's, here's what's realistic: is um, l- let them into the country. Mm-hmm. That's realistic. Ten thousand, sure. Yep, we've got plenty of room for that. I have a, I have jobs waiting for. I'll recommend them as long know. as they have a, they can get a driver's license. No, not even they just work in the shop. If they know they can learn this easy, stuff. Easy peasy. If the if 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 idiot kids that are that are you know drugged out fucking drugged out idiotines. you know half the time. Or half asleep, you know. You're That's right. the thing. Have, have you you worked at the pizza shop? I don't oh, think I've ever worked at I a pizza shop. Put in some time. That wasn't like. I've never worked at a pizza shop that wasn't like half influenced by like like drugs or had some connection to like illicit substances. Usually nothing heavy, but I just think it's so funny, you know. Just I think about all the different industries or like the bars or something like that. Like how many alcoholics work at bars and how many. You know, and we act like we act like everything's fine, but yeah, because you're probably high out of the brain when they're making your pizza. But pizza tastes good, right? So 
Pizza's fine. The America still works. People are on drugs. It's fine. Washington's still alive. Colorado is still functioning. Colorado's killing it. Right? They're making a lot of money on that stuff. They don't know what to do with the money they're making. They don't. That's they're, amazing. They're, they're making so much fucking money. <laughs> I'm waiting for the headline. Colorado just stops taxing income. Mm-hmm. They straight up cut income tax. They're making too much well, fucking money. Aren't, didn't they talk about like giving a rebate to people? Almost like like a North Dakota oil check? Like they're starting to cut, like they'll be cutting weed checks to people. So yeah, there'll be you know free it'll be free education. I bet that's what they'll go for. They'll go for like free higher education. They and should. Do it'll that. be it'll be nuts. They should do that. And then other states to keep up, they'll have to do it. They'll have to like also legalize it. I, think it's the new economy. I honestly think it'd be great. You know, should we change gears? Yeah. Or should we talk some, about? Should we talk about? Gears. Should we talk about the uh, Minneapolis uh, riots? Oh man, I don't know. Are we too? Is it too bogged down? I don't know if we've we're really we're really getting down. It's too serious here. I feel like that's still got a little bit more to play out yet. Okay. All right. Just because we'll, we'll we're still it. we're we'll still waiting. That's we'll leave it and go. That's just it's a it's a it's a repeat of, of things that have happened elsewhere. There's not a lot different to the story, you know. There's it's a different. I do you know I do want to say one thing where I I've actually flipped a lot lately in my life. Uh-oh. I've done a lot of flipping uh, on on my 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 the way I see the world. A lot, you know. I, I kind of, and I didn't really flip on abortion yet, but I'm. You I'm, flipped it from fake conservative, now you're fake liberal, or what's? Kind of, you know. Okay. I, I'm still like, I still hate government programs, and I still hate the government. Still, they still think they can't do anything right. Okay. But uh, I'm a lot more kind of anti-racism now than I used to be. I mean, I was always anti-racism, but I kind of right. like didn't think it was that big of a deal. And now I'm more thinking it is a big deal. Well, no, that's the thing. Is that's what's amazing about this. It's almost like. I think a lot of times like people don't understand that the more that they want to give their opinion, the more they're just backing up. For a long time, there was people that would claim – they'd get, they'd, they'd get laughed at. They'd claim that there's still racism in America and, you know, and that we still have issues. We have a lot of issues and there's a lot of you know, things going on. And people go, ha, you know, we've had you know, affirmative action. We have all these things. You know, we have black president, whatever other stupid – but they, you know, even, even me thought that like – you know, we've really – there's a lot of people that in, in our generation that I thought, you know, you can at least – you at least don't step on toes. You know, we're not, we're not you know, doing the stuff like back in the day where people are being violent and things like that. But then as soon as some of these issues come up, people are, feel compelled because it's America and we have social media. They're compelled to give their opinion. And so now all these new opinions are coming out, which are racist as fuck. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm going like – and I'm just looking around going like, this is incredible. I cannot believe – yeah, everybody's coming out of the woodwork. And if they were smart, they'd keep, continue to keep their mouth shut. But they're thinking because the other side's getting loud, saying everyone's racist, they have to come out and like defend it, and they just sound even more racist. And now you have mm-hmm. – and then what, what's crazy about that is then you have it's, – it's, it almost builds its little cycle here where just even we're going to end up going back to like the, the GOP primaries. But like you have a guy like Trump leading the way, saying some outrageous-ass shit. But what you have is you have people that have been – are getting ripped on by Black Lives Matter, by these protests, by the social justice things that are going on. They're feeling so amped up to defend themselves or to, to counterclaim or do whatever they want to do that as soon as Donald Trump started saying the stuff he said, they said yes, like, and they leaped to his defense or leaped to his support because this guy in power is finally saying something that I agree with, my opinions, which used to be things he only said around other white people or even at the, you know, within your own house. Man. And so now it's built It's built into like a political movement and now people are actually supporting it. And that's, the more people that support it, the more you see how many people are 
still thinking these. And it becomes like things. it becomes okay to support it, and exactly. then they all come out of and the then they all come out of and it's like, you know, the trick's on you because now you're just exposing yourself. And well, so I think that a lot of people, and obviously you're going to have people like that, that if there's enough of them, you can't overcome it. But it shows everybody else that's on the fence how, how batshit insane people still are. Man. And how many of them there are. Some of the shit Trump has been saying lately is, and people are cheering. I get Donald Trump says crazy shit. Fine. But people are cheering. But there's like audiences. Unabashedly. Like, yes. Put them all in a database. Make them wear a fucking Muslim. symbol on their arm that shows that they're Muslim. Like, oh. You're like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Like, we fought a war about this. We were on the winning side of that war. We were on the good side. Now we're on the fucking bad side. If you wanted to know how the Holocaust happened, watch what happens. Watch Donald Trump become president, and all of a sudden Muslims are the new Jews, and they're in America. Like, what the fuck is going on? It's not even a joke. And and that's the thing. What's amazing about this, to me at least, is that people, like, we look back on Germany, and we we didn't study too hard. We, you know, we learned about certain steps that the Germans took. Well, we learned in school? Yeah. Yeah, Okay, also this event happened, and then the the Kristallat, you know, all these big steps that were, like, big incidents that were really organized and stuff. So we look at today, and we say, oh, Donald Trump said a few things, you know, it's nothing. You can't compare that to the Nazis because they were organized and stuff. But I bet if you, you know, if you go back and you look at that, it was very. It all started very. It was just at first they were just like, oh, the Jews. They just kind of they made jokes about them and they, you know, mm-hmm. they said, oh, they're they're mm-hmm. you know, greedy or this or that. But then it builds into a little bit more hatred, a little bit more loathing. And we're at a point now where you you just, you look at it and you go, man, Donald Trump's an idiot. But the problem is, this is not different than how it works. This is exactly. How it works when they say the poem, you know, first they came for the Jews and I didn't say anything. Imagine, just imagine. I, I, I we are a long way. I'm just going to finish this thought. We are a long way from killing, murdering Muslims in camps and doing, you know, we're a long way from that. But the problem is you have to know what direction certain statements go in and why and why they get that. And we think, well, nowadays it's because we're just trying to be safe. What do you think it was back in the day? They're, you know, they're, they were saying that their Jews were the ones that were responsible for all the bad things in German society and the bad economy and all this stuff. It's, it, it's so comparable today. And it's just, we're at the, those ideas are the first little, little hints where people want to agree and they say, yep, blame them, do this. And then from there, when that becomes mainstream to say that's okay, then you just keep, you keep antagonizing to the point where then, you're at the databases and you have people, you know, doing, you know, attacking mosques. You have people, ban- you know, they, they, it becomes violent. People that are, it's not Donald Trump that's going to get violent first. It'll be people. It'll be, it'll be vigilante idiots. Like the ones that, that beat go, that black guy up at Donald, Trump's, Donald rally. Trump's rally today. You know, and it's just, there's a few of them. I bet not everybody there would have kicked the guy if he's there. But there are a few people that get so amped up. They get so mad. And they're, they can't, they're just normal citizens that are idiots like you and me. Mm-hmm. And they, they can't help themselves. They go, oh, I'll take a kick at that guy. Because they're surrounded by their comfort zone. They're surrounded by people they know. Like, no one's going to. You know, there's people that will cover for them. There are people that will sneak them out, just like your buddies at a bar. You, have, you, know, you ever see people in a bar fight? There's so many people you go, well, you got in a bar fight and you didn't get like arrested for assault? They didn't stop you? No, because you got the fuck out of there. As soon as you deck the guy a couple times, you know, your friends are like, okay, we got to get out of here. Same thing. People protecting themselves. You go to a rally, you kick the black guy, you'll probably sneak out the back door and nobody even know. And it's just it's, – people have to understand that this is – like. The monolithic Nazi German thing back in the day, we've painted it as such a caricature. Like that'll never happen again. It's that'll too never insane. Because that that's happen. so insane. But yeah. no, this is it's it starts it's just, happening. Yep. It's just like this. And and this may not go anywhere, and it probably won't, because I think we're a sane society. I hope so. But the fact is you can't sit there and say, Well, uh Dom, somebody gave Donald Trump gotcha questions. 
you know, when they asked him about putting people on a database. That was a reporter that brought it up, not Trump, Donald Trump. Well, as a president, you have to understand that if somebody comes to you and says, hey, should we shoot all the Muslims in the head because they're terrorists? And, you know, and Donald Trump goes, yeah, they are all terrorists. We should. We should shoot them in the head. You got to know. Don't say that. Don't say that. Don't answer that. You don't, you don't say that answer. You don't just say, well, he got me with a gotcha question. He got me. It's not he fair. He asked me if we should punch all the – Not know, every, fair. Every black person in the in the face. And, and I said, yeah, he got he, – he, he was, it was a trick. No, it's not a trick. I you, like how, how, how if, if any political person says nigger, that's a huge deal. Mm-hmm. And it should be. But if he says we should close all the mosques down – and put all the Muslims in a database. That is like that's that's not uproarious. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is? What are you doing? You know, like right. I mean, that is way more offensive than using a word. Right. They should do either one, but like there should be ju- like that should be political suicide to say something so fucking anti-freedom as close all mosques and put all, all one type of people into a database. Yeah. It's fucking insane. It's just just to even explore that road and just say again, better safe than sorry that we just do. It's just. And then Fox News is over there. Own. Oh, Trump, Trump, Trump comes like a great plan. With well, it's, it's how like, to control terrorism. Well, even when they say it's for their own good, like that's those are arguments that have been made. Like we are not, we are only, how, you know, what are we? Sixty years, seventy years, separate, you know, away from I guess eighty now almost from what that was, and it was the same thing where people just say, well, you know, it's it's just different. It's just for this or it's for that, and they kind of talk themselves into it. And you just have to understand, though, that you know, it's it's patently wrong. It's patently against. Constitution, all these other things. It's just so ludicrous. But then people, ju- they justify it. They can all say, well, no, we're just doing it for a little bit. Or the Patriot Act will run out in four years. Oh, yeah, and then we keep renewing it and renewing it. I mean, once you start, the thing about, yeah, how are you, you going to stop? What? How are you going to wind that down? How are you going to take, you you're going to delete the database? Cannot. Good luck. You know? The thing about anything government does is it's unreversible. That's for, one for thing the that, most part. That's yeah. one thing I've kind of learned, and I that's what I oppose. Any extra government control it's irreversible. Because if you have the support to get it passed in the first place, you usually need a lot of freaking support to get it passed. Mm-hmm. Well, then now you have to erode that support and reverse it to the, to the point of being so much support to overturn something. Because, yeah, once, once they pass Once it, you do it, once you get a new law or a new program, it's never going away. So you got to be really careful what you put in place. So the Fourth Reich, as, they, as they're saying. The Fourth Reich. That's no, it. I just don't know. I mean, how far? That's what's amazing to me. And I laugh, but I feel safe because I'm, a, I'm, I'm white and oh, I, yeah. I don't have to worry about shit. Yeah. So I'm, la- I'm still la- – I laugh at it, you know, kind of going like, wow, what a time to be alive, like to see just to see this shit. But really, how far? I mean, he, he really – I'm surprised how far Trump has gone because he, he said some things at the beginning and everybody kind of goes, whoa, I mean, he's, he's kind of out there. He keeps going. Where does it end? Him saying ridiculous shit as like a joke is fine. But the thing is he's a fucking leading. He's leading or like, he's, he's first, or, he's first or second. But then he's got people paying money, going to his rallies. I just uh, – to have that – there's that much support. And even if you say, well, overall it's maybe – six to ten percent of americans because of the people that don't vote or aren't active or don't poll whatever even if it was ten percent of america is as batshit insane as donald trump like ross perot said ridiculous shit back in the ross perot day but he had four percent nobody cared ross perot can't possibly be a president Mm -hmm. donald trump's leading the republican side and i really feel that's where i I really wish and i've looked and i go well you know what about this ben carson guy i thought about that he's a fucking maniac too well he's ridiculous so he's, I've written him off. Rand Paul, no welfare for the Syrian. Like I just, no one to me is just like what used to be. I used to like John McCain before the Sarah Palin thing when John McCain went up against like George W. Bush. McCain at least understood politics where it's like 
he'd be the guy making those backroom deals with the Democrats to get shit done, right? He would be, he's the guy that tells the lady in Lakeville who comes up on stage and says, I can't vote for Obama because he's an Arab, because he's, in, in, you know, he's a Muslim. And John McCain goes to her and goes, no, no, ma'am. He's an honest man. You know what I mean? John McCain's the kind of guy at least goes, no, none of this bull. We're not going to talk about this bullshit. We're going to talk about real fucking things. We're not going to let this, you know, think about John McCain versus Donald Trump. Think about what kind of matchup that would be. John McCain would look like a total liberal. But that's why I'm like, I miss the days of like having like just, just someone sane. Can someone sane pop out of this field? Ted Cruz, not sane. Marco Rubio, not sane. Jeb Bush, who I thought would get the nomination, looks like a total idiot because now he's starting to say the things these other people say just to kind of like try to stay in it. Right. He's out of control. You know, the governor it, of Indiana, he's out of control. It's I mean, crazy because there's people who are going to vote Republican, period. Right. And it's irrelevant who's there. They're like, voting Republican. I even believe Mitt Romney that even if he was, you know, he his beliefs were different than mine or he believed that Wall Street is good or, you know, money and capitalism, whatever it is. At least I knew like when he went home, he wasn't railing at the Thanksgiving table. In my opinion, he didn't seem like the guy that would like, he's just, he's not your batshit ranting and raving person. He was just a, a regular, normal business guy that just you know, was pro-business or whatever else. But there's nobody that like that in this field. Everyone has said something just insane. And I, I cannot believe that that there's nobody, not one person that I've seen. Let me, like, I forgot what I was, the whole point of this. The, 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 the protests we're in fucked. Minneapolis. That's what it is. We're fucked. Well, we're fucked. But <laughs> let me go back to, to how I changed my views a lot. Oh, anti the racism. It's, okay. Well, no. It was about the, Okay. So in Minneapolis, we had a police shooting. Our fucking yeah. hero shot a, shot a handcuffed black guy in the head. Whatever. Okay. Allegedly, it's still debated. Okay. We'll find out. Sure. The, the, uh, handcuffs were found near the scene. I just... They were found near the scene. Right. Uh, they weren't necessarily on him, but they were found... Anyway, there was a there was a, a protest on uh, one of our highways over here. Uh, yep, I ninety four, and it really upset a lot of people because they people hate that they had to go to work late. It was really irritating for them. Now they come home from work, but it was like it was nighttime. Now, now here's the thing: I would used to be, I used to this used to be me. I used to be on the side of if they're going to protest, what is in it for them to upset everybody else in the neighborhood by making them late to work, blocking their road, making everybody mad at the protesters? Mm-hmm. What's the, what do they gain from that? If they want to protest, why don't they go protest well, at I the know police the, station? I know the answer. So well, this used you. to be this used to be me. You know, I used to say these words I said. You know, uh, I, I I'm wrong. You know, I'm, I'm wrong, and I'll tell you exactly why they protest on the road. Because if you get to go home from work and not give a shit about the protest, then you go from work and not give a shit about the protest. Mm-hmm. You don't give a fuck. In the same way, like the people say, this, a lot of my new changes have come from me being vegan. This is—I mean, I'm not like trying to make this a vegan thing, but this is where it came from. Because people tell me a lot, why do you keep getting everybody's face about veganism? It makes them mad. Don't you understand? It makes them upset with you, and they don't want to talk to you anymore. I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But the thing is, if I never mention it, they can live their entire life and never once consider that animals deserve compassion. But you're, here's the thing: like everybody hates like. Jehovah's Witnesses and like evangelical Christians because they won't shut up about it. Well, okay. So like those... basically we're talking about being evangelical. You're saying you need to get in people's face. Yeah, I okay. am saying that. If you want people to hear you, that's exactly what you got to do. And that's why Jehovah's Witnesses come to your house because you're not going to join Jehovah if they don't come to your house. Mm-hmm. Who's ever just woken up one day and go, you know what? I'm going to be a Jehovah's Witness. It's about time. Nobody's ever done that. They got to come to your house and, uh, you know, yeah. whatever. Fucking get Jehovah's Witnesses. The point is like, I need to get in your face because if I didn't get in your face, you'd eat a hamburger every day and never think about it ever. Just like you were, did up until you met me. You know what I mean? Like you never think about it. 
And then if you were, if, if cops never shot your family, you could go home from work and go to work and go home from work and, oh, I hear there's some rioting going on, but I don't give a fuck. My cousin didn't die. The police said it was justified and I'm not worried yeah. about it. The, the, but, but once they stop your road and you got to com- go complain about it and you're irritated by it, you know, at least maybe you won't buy, drink their Kool-Aid and you won't like join their squad, but at least for a second, you can feel the discomfort that they might be able to feel. You know, you actually are so interactive. I'll expand on that because a lot of criticism of that is the fact that um, they say they're not endearing anybody to their cause. They're just making people mad at them. And no one's going to, you know, you're not going to say, wow, you guys are right. I really hate that you disrupted my day, but I'm somehow going to join. Like, I sure. understand that, like, mm-hmm. there are going to be people, people that don't come to their cause. But that's a selfish, to me, that's being selfish. That's saying, like, you're trying to convince me of something. That's all about them, the person who's, who's, driving or on the road mm-hmm. or, oh you're never going to convince me like that too bad for you mm-hmm. they're making it about them it's not about you mm-hmm. this is what it's about it's about showing that every time that there's an incident like this when it's for a long time it's been maybe the family or maybe people a couple witnesses say oh man i saw it it was so you know wrong the guy was handcuffed or something what did they do they said they they made a report to the police or something the police said okay we'll take that into consideration a few weeks later, they go, we've cleared the officer of any wrongdoing, blah, blah, blah. That was it. There's one side of a story. And maybe they can try to go through the courts, but the courts won't really investigate too hard. And the prosecutors maybe, you know, I'm not going to order a grand jury. It's just these, I can't trust these witnesses. They've they got a criminal background. You know, they're liars or whatever, right? Okay. So so it isn't about convincing people that, that you're right or that, you know, Black Lives Matter and the cops are totally wrong in this instance. It's not about that. It's about making it so every time somebody discharges their weapon in this case, someone's going to have the back. The community is going to be fired up and demand and hold the feet to the fire and say, you need to release the video. And even if they say, well, we can't right now because the ongoing investigation, they're going to continue to demand they release the video until even if the investigation's over, okay, the investigation's over, release the video. You know, and so basically it's basically saying that you're not going to just define what happened. You're not going to be able to have the one side of the story, which is, Everyone's saying, well, the cops wouldn't lie to us. The cops wouldn't cover anything up. Because the they have in the past. And that's what everybody's upset about. Mm-hmm. So this isn't about the traveler. This isn't about telling the guy in 94 that, well, you really need to support our cause. It's really not. It's about saying that every time you fucking do something like this and you want to have your side of the story, we're going to demand that you have a high burden of proof, which should be necessary. And we're going to, we're going to be out here. We're going to be active to ensure that you satisfy the community's demands for transparency and for justice. Even if the officer's in the right in the, sh- in the way the shooting goes, too many times throughout history, it's been documented that they covered something up or that a guy, a cop lied for another cop. Or, Even saying in history, like in the last fucking three months. <coughs> sure. You know, I mean, Jesus. Well, what I'm saying is, that, I mean, and, we're, and we can go back, you can go back to the 60s and the 70s when there's totally different people alive, totally pe- different people in the police force. But the thing is, it doesn't matter. It's been institutionalized where they can, they're going to cover for themselves, like even by default, even like the guys when you get in a fight in the bar, they're going to cover for you. So who's going to have the other guys back? Who's going to say the other side of the story? So it isn't always about convincing people that you're not going to convince. Yeah, that's true. It's more about showing that the, to the institution that you're going to have to you're going to have to prove it. There's no there's no uh, uh, what do you call it? Just kind of like a, a trust, you know. Oh, well, the cops, they're nice guys. They're good guys. They do the right thing. They, they save us. This guy was a bad guy, you know. And, yeah, this guy in this instance, the, the EMTs were there because apparently he beat up his girlfriend or there's some sort of domestic abuse, right? So the EMTs were there and he was interfering, which that could be videotaping the police from 20 meters away. People have been arrested 
by police all over the country because they're videotaping them. The cop goes, you can't, you know, you're interfering with police business and they, they give them charges for that. That's happened, right? That's a thing. So I don't know what interfering with EMTs or interfering with the police is. Too close, being asked to step back, sir. No, you're under arrest because you didn't step back across the street. You were interfering. Because that's what they claim, that he was interfering with the EMTs. So we don't know what that means, right? Well, then what happens is... They get the chest cam footage. He ends up getting shot. He's unarmed. He ends up getting shot. So now we ended up talking about this for when we said we kind of wouldn't. But So he ends <laughs> up getting shot, but he's... Okay, so he's unarmed, right? Yeah. And if there's police on the scene... Are you telling me what happened to the cops training? What, what happened to hand-to-hand combat? What happened to batons? What happened to tasers? What happened to everything else? Why? Pepper spray, tasers, multiple people just subduing a guy. And they said, well, and then I think a couple days ago, they said, well, the guy reached for his gun. How do you, you know, how do you let him get that close? Like, reach for the cop's gun? Just, yeah, he's reaching for the cop's oh, gun. Oh, God. So this here's the thing. <laughs> but I'm just, what I'm wondering is that, like, how does that even like what the the cop really fucked up if if it's got if it got that far where the unarmed man is that I mean it's so close I just, and hostile I just you know in, there might be a rare case where somehow this became justified but to me an unarmed offender should not end up shot to death well here's what when you have people when you have police on the scene in the police that are, are there's two of them there are two cops involved in this and you're telling me two cops can't can't handle a guy and the guy you know even if he wasn't that big well then we have a problem with our cops and, and their abilities i just there's so many things to this where i just say you even if you're interfering with emts and you're unarmed you shouldn't be shot to death in the street it shouldn't be a resolution unless the, and the unless the cop like i said he should be bleeding from well you know what here's the thing like if the cops are justified in killing this guy like if he was really a th- he really went for the gun really went show the video It'll only it'll only make the police officers they, look. Oh my God! Look at they, the line. Guys, well, and these guys they don't have body cams right now. Many of them. Okay, they, right. they went through a test period, and then that test period's over, and now they're like think, waiting to see if they're going to deploy. But you know, there's cameras from other angles and things. You know, cell phone video and ambulance camera and stuff. It's going to be hard to see. But the problem is the fact that there are these questions about this, mm-hmm. and so you can't come out and say the cop killed the guy who was in when he was handcuffs because we don't know yet. Some people said that was maybe the case, but witnesses have been flaky. So you, ba- but you basically have to do that where the cops are going to say it was justified. So you almost have to, to get justice or to, to make sure everything is on the other level. You almost have to take the other side. You almost have to be like a defense attorney and say, you know, my client is, is innocent and I'm going to argue why, even if you know, maybe the guy did it or something, right? You, mm-hmm. st- you just have to come out and say the cops are wrong just to get justice, yeah. you know? And so it's not just like Black Lives Matter or those people know for sure that the cop was wrong. But they almost have to take that position to ensure that someone is taking that position to ensure that the investigation is 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 full and complete. And that's and that's the point we've gotten to. And people don't. I don't think people understand that when they're upset with these protesters. They're not. They just, they just think, well, this guy was a this guy deserved it. This guy was a thug. This guy was whatever else. Or he attacked the MTs. To me, it doesn't. That doesn't mean what that justifies him being shot to death. No, it justifies him being charged with assault on an EMT, and that's it. But then there's people saying obstruction of justice is already a crime. When people say, well, you shouldn't resist, shouldn't do anything. Are you kidding me? That's America. You're saying resisting arrest is is grounds for cap is for ground for execution by law enforcement. Right. That's outrageous. You can't make that argument. So all it is is really, I think that it's not so much that you gotta hate them for blocking the free or anything like that, but you gotta understand that for a long period of time the balance of power has been with law enforcement and they've been able to, they, they're the ones that are able behind the scenes to kind of get their story straight. Oh, the officers are on uh, leave for a couple days. We haven't interviewed him yet. We want to let them calm down. Well, no, they're, you know, they're probably going to let them, you can get your story straight. You can think about what, well, okay, what am I going to say when yeah, I go in there? Right. And it's just, it's those kind of things that you just say, 
They should be in just like a murder suspect or a suspect they bring in. What do they do? They bring them in right away. To the, Separate them. They bring them into the room. They should be doing that with these police officers. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I understand that. Oh, they're good guys. And if they did the right thing, that's fine. Put them in the room. That, I mean, why, right. what's the special treatment for? Because mm-hmm. some people have said they say, "Well, you don't know what cops go through every day in the street." Yeah, I don't. I don't but that doesn't—that's not some justification yeah, exactly. for executing people. Yep. I mean, that's so, fine. That's where I'm at with that. Where that's where I side with. I understand the 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 mood. The move is for justice. That's what the protests are for. It's not because because they think the cops are totally guilty. They just think that you know the cops have been guilty enough times and gotten away with it. We should keep track. Documented. These are stories that are you know, and yet people still want to say, well, you know, the cops they wouldn't do that. They why would they do that? And I don't know. I don't know why they would, but people have. So you know, it's to ensure that that we have a different that we have a different. We need a different set of standards for our police. They need to be held to a high standard. And there's people out there that still argue on Facebook or otherwise that you should give them a break. Police can do no wrong. That they should give a break because they they keep us safe. And I because mean, look, the people they're working with are bad people. That's not American justice. For every one good person they shoot, they shoot at least five bad people. It might happen that way. And that's a fine ratio. But, even if you, but that's the thing. Not every bad person is deserve, deserves to be shot. That's what we've set up in our legal We should system. try not shooting. Let's try not shooting people. And I get you got to defend yourself. So there's instances where those cops are justified, but you just you sure, certainly can't just just assume that they're justified because because mm, because they're cops. Enough it's times, a tough, enough it's a tough job. Happen, you're right. You should. They should be in those interrogation rooms, and they should be you know they should be interviewed. They should have all. They should go through all the procedure. And if it, and they say, well, they'll just keep them from discharging their weapon. They you know they'll be afraid to shoot their gun. Great. Good. You should you know, want to kill people. Good. Then that's you know. Then you're very. If you're if you're able to keep your finger off the trigger and subdue some somebody the other way, maybe you get a black eye because you really had to scuffle with the guy to get him under arrest, right? You risk. Well, then you're what? Then you're a fucking hero. Then you're a to hero. To be honest, then you're my fucking hero. Heroes, they're the guys that 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 don't shoot. That don't shoot. Yep. They do everything in their power to not have to shoot. And I feel like nowadays, with the people that back them and with the public opinion and stuff, they feel like. It's okay to shoot. They're training now. Some of these guys are saying, better safe than sorry, pull the trigger. And that's another problem I have with the better safe than sorry. I just, we need to have, we need to get, I think just we need to have a better standard for things. And people are letting people off. It's a tough job. I'm not going to say it's not a tough job. But that doesn't excuse any of that. Should we go to little, should we go to little baby picks? Little picks. Did you play Journey to Silius Retro Game Club? You didn't play oh it. Oh my god, Journey to Silius. Look, the game Well, here's what happened. The game sucks. I didn't play it because you played it and you you messaged me on Facebook and said this game is one of the worst games I think I've ever played and like you'll you're like I know I'll never get those hours back in my life from playing this game. Yep. The controls are terrible. I can't you try to go up and I'm going sideways, uh, go down. The mu- you just you, I never said those things, but I think you you said something to the effect The game of, is bad. It's not fun. It's. I've tried to play it. I, I gave it a good try, and it sucked. And I'm sorry that I made anybody anybody play that game. I'm sorry. I don't. I, I'm guessing. I'm probably not. It's a bad game. It's not yeah. good. Zero out of one. Zero out of one. Whew. Retro Game Club off to a tough start. Well, uh, kid, kid, Alex, kid was okay. I didn't hate it. Yeah, Alex, we, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. Okay. I got a game everybody's gonna like, though. I got a game everybody's gonna like. Okay. It's we called mean, Ninja Spirit. Best out of three. Ninja Spirit on Turbo Graphics 16. Turbo Graphics. Turbo Graphics is a, is, a, is a 16-bit console that came out to compete with Sega and Super Nintendo. Uh, it did very poorly in America. Almost nobody had it. I was going to say, I, it's, I've heard of it, but I, right. did, I, I couldn't did, tell you if it was an arcade cabinet. It did or very or... poorly. I think only 120 games released for it in its lifetime. That's kind of a lot, though. I mean, not compared to, you know, Nintendo. Uh, Super Nintendo had like 580. Over the course of like 
eight, ten years though. Well, yeah, but over the okay. course of the whole life of the console, it had 120. So okay. it's one fifth of what you know. They had a very few third party publishers. Uh, you know, it was kind of just did not very good. Uh, but it does have some great games, hmm. and one of these great games it has is called Ninja Spirit, and it's an arcade port, uh, which I, I feel like nobody's ever played the arcade version. But the the sport is excellent, and I it's a ninja game where you're you know badass ninja with a sword. It's kind of Ninja Gaiden esque, but very different. Uh, check it out, and uh, we'll talk about it. You're gonna check it out. We're I'll check about it out. This time. I won't listen to anything you say about the game. If it's terrible, I'm gonna play it. I'm gonna show it to you today, and okay. you're gonna play it. Have I'm you played it? Play. Have you tested it already? I've played so it. So you know it's kind of I worth know it's exploring. Good. Okay. I know it's good, and that's I think we're gonna go with that from now on. So we know that we it's, ensure that it's fun for people to play. Yeah, not necessarily good, but at least playable. I thought Journey Slice was just it was like Mega Man, but minus ten out of eleven. You know what I mean? Like, Mega Man's a fun game, mm-hmm. and Journey of Silius wishes it was Mega Man, but it just fails on all fronts. It's just a bad game. Uh, but Ninja okay. Spirit is great. Ninja Spirit will do Ninja Spirit. And then just a quickie, uh, generally speaking, any game with that's about ninjas is awesome. I've played a lot of ninja games in my life, and they're all good. Were Battletoads, were they ninjas? No. Mm. But that game's good anyway, good so even game. if they were, it's fine. But think about ninja games you know. Ninja Gaiden. Right? Excellent. Mm. Excellent Sh- game. You like Shinobi? Shinobi, great game. Absolutely. I play the fuck out of that. A Ninja Spirit, awesome. A Ninja Crusader, Super Nintendo, great game. Um, what's the other? There's a, a Ninja. There's another Ninja. Yeah, Ninja Crusaders, is what I just said. It's a Nintendo game. It's a two player Ninja game. We played it when you turn into like a wolf and shit. It's insane. Oh, I mean, every Ninja game is just great. So, uh, there's just. If you know a bad Ninja game, let me know what that is because I'm curious to know about it. Even like back in the fucking days, remember back in school? They had that, like, karate game where you throw ninja stars. It's like this shitty DOS game. No. It was awesome. That I don't remember, no. We well, were playing it was Oregon awesome. Trail. It was awesome. Uh, that was a ninja game. It was great, too. So, hey, ninja games, they get in my pick. Ninja mm. Spirit is our retro game club pick of the pick of the week. To, uh, you know, pick of the two weeks. You will play it. We'll check it out. Thanks for tuning in to our very political and relevant podcast. Yeah, we did. We went off We went off the rails. We ranted a little bit today. I don't think we went off the rails. We are on the rails. We are on the rails, but we were... You know, we were on the radio. We were shoveling coal into that steam engine. That's right. The locomotive was flying. So thanks for coming. Uh, catch us on Twitter and talk to us. And I got to sneeze. <laughs> oh, we'll catch you next time on EBDP.